The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rodicat, and you can find me at uh, Rodicat on Twitter. You can find me at Rodicat Newsers Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. And sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Most definitely one I didn't expect to hear from you tonight. Digging in, digging in the crates, uh-huh. uh, uh, metaphorically speaking. Exactly. Shout out to uh, the D&D. <laughs> uh, folks, we are here to bring you another uh, uh, Combo Chronicles. And this one's stacked with news and such. So we're, we're going to uh, get right into... Well, after... Let me, I'm rushing my dog myself. So after we get through this... Um, you can find this here podcast on the Cold Slow, the podcast network at cspn.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Cold Slow, the podcast network's SoundCloud page. Uh, you can find us uh, recording every Thursday night, 9.30-ish p.m. Uh, at the... YouTube channel of the Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash the Click Nation. And also uh, twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. All one word. Make sure to hit like, subscribe, and click the notification bell so you can find out when we are online. Yes. Weirdly, a lot of comic book Twitches um, that are out there, but this is the only one you trust. So stay with us, folks. Um. <laughs> I said it is true. Um, so we folks are going to start out with the comic books like we do every week. We're going to start off with Fantastic Four number 37. Uh, the creative team on Fantastic Four number 37, uh, it is written by Dan Slott with art by Nico Leon, color art by Dono Sanchez Almara, and letters by our favorite Python, VCs Joe Caramagna. Indeed, as I pull up the covers, uh, the cover rather, this is a Halloween issue, um, just in time for the, 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 tis the season, I guess you could say, um, it's, 
Well, I'll there... tell you what what my initial thought was because I'd literally just finished reading this maybe within the last hour or two. Uh-huh. It was a rather densely packed uh, holiday issue. Fair. It's not or it's it's definitely not like a singular theme. It's definitely not like the X Men uh, the X Men um, uh, Halloween issue that we got last week. You know, which had like a singular theme kind of running through it, where you know this definitely tied into many of the ongoing uh, threads that have been going that that we've been following through this run of Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Right. So we we get um, well, we get um, a fairly recent um, villain coming back into the fold again. That by that being the. Um, the profiteer who's back for uh, uh, Ben and Alicia's kids. Uh, we get the Halloween, them going for their first trick or treating, and they're um, <laughs> them conquering Yancey Street's uh, candy market. Um, then on the other side of it, we get uh, Johnny, who's kind of feeling a little. Everybody's got plans, <laughs> and then feeling a little left out. He goes to catch up, catches up with Spider Man, Peter Parker. Which I could have sworn like, right. he, he was in the last issue that they were talking. Also, when all that other stuff. Came, well, what when, when? Yeah, this is a, this is presumably very much pre beyond. Right. Uh, so, um, you know, it you know obviously since beyond is happening rel- over a relatively short span of time and happening very quickly, you know, it's easy for slot and 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 Marvel continuity to place this story just before that, mm-hmm. um, which made me smile because I was like, it better not be Ben Riley. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I would think that would be weird because I don't know if Johnny and Johnny had any deals with Ben, probably, but we, we don't even know. Um, or at least to the point to where they beat all chummy chummy like that. Right. Right. Um, and it's unlikely that they would have that kind of relationship exactly. buried in Ben Riley's memory. Exactly. At least the, the yeah well yeah regardless well not over the recent stuff because they definitely have uh, you know even though they they they're catching up with each other mm-hmm. um, they definitely have had relatively recent interactions because Spidey's asking him about Sky right. and Sky is not an old acquaintance Sky is a relatively new character that's been introduced into the fold so right. it's um, it, you know like I said at the end of the day I was very happy that it was Peter. Well, that's and, what, but that's what I'm saying, though, because oh, because I was about because that's what I'm saying because because Spider was in I think last issue before the the thing that happened with uh, Johnny and Sky happened because they were talking before Sky came into the uh, I believe, or it was either last issue or the week before last. Either way, they have they have definitely talked in last re- in the last couple of recent issues of the Fantastic Four. It's just that Peter didn't know about that. I see. Or and the I guess and the doom stuff because since that stuff kind of he told him yeah I was about to say yeah like a lot has happened since then I think that's what that's what uh, slots writing reflected you know the whole wedding stuff and the whole uh, Victoria you know cheating with Victoria you know like having a fling with Victorias and all that stuff Mm -hmm. all that stuff happened in the interim so I think it's been more than a few issues since they last talked. I don't know. I feel like it was kind of really, relatively easy. Uh, right, listen, our sense of time, ladies and gentlemen, as we've you know said repeatedly over the the the, the last year and a half, almost two years now, uh, over the course of the pandemic, our sense of time has gone and taken uh, uh, you know taken a breather. <laughs> you know, it's just you know it's it's gone been knocked for a loop. Let's put it that way. Right. Also, so there has been uh, so also um, read. 
you know, we're catching up with Reed, trying to deal with uh, the revelations from, I guess, what, last last issue? Whenever it was? Recent. recent, recent. Let's say recent yes. issue. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, because it's been, definitely been the last couple of issues. Um, mm-hmm. um, and that's going to lead into the next uh, event, whatever the case uh, may be. And I do love this. How come? <laughs> so I don't know if you picked up on this. Reed kind of had a, how come, they don't, how come he don't love me, uh, Uncle Phil moment? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I got I got a, a, an interesting kick out of that because that was, believe it or not, I think that's the first time we've ever seen Reed emote in that yes. way about that particular uh, uh, emotion of abandonment. Right. I don't think we've ever, you know, and obviously it's uh, contextualized with the revelation that apparently there is a long lost sister or half sister that he never knew about. Right. And... Slot even throws in a note about the fact that he has these other siblings that are in another timeline. Right. That he's never kind of revisited. And I don't remember that. I, it, that I must have been. About that. Yeah, that must have been a, a, a time when I wasn't reading the FF. And there have been a lot of times when I wasn't reading the FF. So that's not right. a big surprise. It's probably in the 90s. Right. I was thinking it was like, could it, was this around the, like, the Council of Reeds type situation? And maybe that came up then. But I don't, I don't even know because I wasn't reading around that time either. Well, I, well, the Council of Reed stuff came up during Hickman. I was reading it during Hickman, but now, if you think about it, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> everything that feels like it was yesterday is, um, unfortunately, in our time, in real time, has, has you know, occurred sometimes over a decade ago. Right. So... Right, but uh, but outside of that, like I said, we get um, a couple of other things that happen uh, um, just to kind of just to kind of bring this on home, um, you know, going back to the whole Halloween trick or treating thing. Apparently, uh, Joe Joe channels um, uh, Wolverine during during that during that uh, one fight. Yeah, because you know, and and spoiler alert for a lot of this stuff because you know we're dancing around the raindrops right. here for. The, the detail, you know, with regards to the details of the story. But ultimately, what Roddy Cat is referring to is, you know, the confrontation with the um, profiteer. profiteer. Mm-hmm. And the profiteer's motives for coming back and essentially trying to reclaim uh, the two children, Joe and Nikki. And what it comes down to is uh, the Cree... The, the kid joe basically losing it because the other kid is in danger and finds and and joe finds out what the the purpose of the the profiteer returning is and he basically uh goes berserk you know and you know like uh very much wolverine style as roddy cat mentioned mm-hmm. you know and there are repercussions for that as well you know it, it looks like nothing was apparently fatal right well, it it didn't seem from the way he was going through it because but but Ben was like we don't kill and but I was like I don't know some of those things if they didn't get they killed, looked like they killing blows right right yeah exactly yeah. That's like <laughs> so so I'm like oh, okay but so I just, I had assumed like me yeah maybe a couple of them probably got dealt <laughs> um uh, but some of them there was some come on, some of them left the line and it was even even Ben was like look you come from a family again we're gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take this personally so so right. run back and 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 tell your uh, run back and tell your master after we send you to her so 
But I assume this is probably not going to be the end of that. But um, no, yeah. no, because she never came because the profiteer was not there in person. Exactly. So you know the profiteer uh, continues to exist as a ongoing threat, as an ongoing threat to the Fantastic Four and those children. Mm-hmm. And then we find uh, um, some pretty good advice from an unlikely source, the most unlikely of sources in this case. Oh yeah, there is a there is a, and we're not going to spoil it because it was a very interesting cameo appearance. Mm-hmm. But one, let's say, extended member of the Fantastic Four family now. Yes, uh, as the result of events that have happened in the slot run of Fantastic Four, makes a guest appearance, a cameo appearance, and as Roddy Cat said, doles out some actual parental advice, right. essentially. Essentially, learning from their own mistakes. Right. To which I'm sitting here like, wait, how did this? How did they even know this was going on? Like, does, does, is there some kind of connection uh, to what was going on there or something? The way they just happen to know what was going on and just happened to pretty much. It's do not the same that thing. character's first time guest in doing that kind of cameo. True. And my my suspicion is that. Uh, that particular neighbor on Yancey Street is like a permanent spy mm-hmm. for this character. Mm. Yeah, that would make some sense. But yeah, that's what it seems like to me because I think that's not the first time we've seen that character act that way. Mm-hmm. You know, act act that's as if they were under control. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I don't know, this just feel, feels weird. It's like, why are you here now doing this? Uh, but I guess, like I said, like you said, like maybe it's kind of always. Right. That's how I remember that. it. But again, you know, our memories are dim. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> our memories are better than some other folks that we know, <laughs> Right. Yeah, you know, that we encounter on a day to day basis. I had that kind of day today where I, I literally was, was, uh, was, I, I literally was dunking on folks. Uh, who just couldn't remember how things were done. And then I remembered how long ago they were, so I had to forgive them. Right. You know, like, you don't remember this was 14 years ago. Oh, my goodness. Right, right. You know, um, so so ultimately we all have to be forgiving when it comes to that point. Yeah. Uh, I would say that this was one of my favorite books this week. This was a surprisingly fun read for many of the reasons that we said earlier, specifically that it was jam packed with stuff. This was not like a supersized issue. There was a lot going on, but it flowed quite nicely though. Right. And I give, I listen, I give slot a lot of credit. I I said this to Roddy cat uh, off air just before we started the show. Uh, What I said is that, you know, it's, I think it's accepted that uh, Slot stayed on Amazing Spider-Man for too long and his uh, creativity may have started to run dry in places. And maybe he had some fits of um, inspiration that helped carry that run along as long as it was. But I think that Slot has some really good, clean, in the sense that they're flowing together. Uh, you know, well fitting. You know, like uh, they 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 fit well together. They're they're, they're as as Radicat, they f- it flows. Mm-hmm. All these ideas that that slot is putting together for the FF work together very well. Right, and I think they're fresh. Uh, you know, there have been a, uh, there have been quite a few fresh um, concepts 
or remixed concepts that have worked really well in this run of FF. Mm. And I think, in my opinion, and, and, and Radhika may chime in on this after I finish, I think this is one of those books that's being slept on. If you're not a fan of the Fantastic Four, I think this is a good run to try to jump in on. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Because as a, as a long-lapsed uh, FF reader, like this was pretty refreshing. Like, don't I've checked in on the FF um, from time to time, but yeah, this is the first run I've been like, hey, yeah, this is this is some pretty interesting stuff that kind of keeps him coming back. Right, you know, because we have the benefit, and we've been doing the Compo Chronicles for for several years now, Ooh, yeah. and you know, we ha- we've had the benefit of having access to you know these books without you know and you know for for uh, academic purposes remember that old phrase <laughs> and you know for academic purposes we're talking about these books and uh you know we've had a chance to read different iterations of the fantastic four under different creative teams and i feel like this particular run has a lot of energy and uh uh you know slot is definitely in his zone in a zone doing this so that's why i appreciate it and the last thing i wanted to mention is that um, something, you know, because of the, the current predicament that Johnny Storm finds himself in right now, I was glad that they circled back around to a point that I was thinking in the back of my head at the end of the book. Oh. I won't spoil it, I think but I they circled all the way around to it. I was like, I was thinking the same thing. Right. Right, right, right. Talking about basically about what happens or what happens with yes them. yes yeah what what happens to their meeting place yes 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 yeah <laughs> i was like wait a second that's not gonna oh they did come back to it thank mm-hmm. you slot and thank you um uh thank you nico leon for for following up on that particular plot point in your art you know <laughs> like right. talk about like artist and and and, and writer being simpatico on that point yeah. you know like that must have been a plot point that uh, that that they both agreed to work into the story right. and depict it in the, in in the, in a way that everyone who's reading it is thinking probably the same thing, mm-hmm. and then when they finally get to it at the end of the book, they're like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that." Right. I remember thinking there was something wrong with that. That's really what they're thinking, right? But readers, you could, because if you're not really paying close attention, you could think, "I was like, oh, they're just this is they're doing their thing," and then you know. You know, yada yada yada, and then like, what later happens later on, or, or you know, how they circle back to it later on. It's like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so that was cute. Also, I, I I did like the part where um where I know that this was definitely kind of a throwaway part where um the kids were talking to Spidey. And, oh, and, <laughs> I knew. I was about to say I, uh, when I read that, I was like, oh, Roddy Cat's gonna love this. Yeah, that was that was pretty funny. I was just like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm like Roddy Cat's gonna love this. I of course take offense to it as the old timer, but I mean, don't um, get me wrong. I felt bad for it. it was like, I'm like Roddy Cat's more of an old timer than me. Oh no, shots fired! Right? Uh, hey, look, but I, I, I embrace it. So, but but that part was kind of funny. I was like, oh damn, Peter's be getting supplanted by Miles. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. That was that was pretty good. That this slot kind of put kind of just threw that in there real quick. <laughs> But uh, but overall, like I said, uh, this uh, this this issue has been pretty good. We might be talking about it later. Who who knows? But we're going to move on to. Do we want to do Phoenix? I guess because yeah, since we're doing. Yeah, that's fine. 
Because we only have a few books in common this week. Yeah. We all actually don't have a lot of books total this week because I didn't have a chance to read too many. I know I missed out on a few that I probably wanted to get to. Yeah, um, and were, yeah we can overall. do Phoenix and maybe Trial. Yeah. And then kind of do rapid fire through everything else. That's fine. Yeah, because there were that this this week was not necessarily the biggest week for books. Like yeah, just like eight to seven eight. Also, there was a couple of books I didn't necessarily get around to, but for the most part, this time I, I we've got through more important ones, I guess, or the ones that were forefront. So All right. Case, so uh, I, I was about to say it's, we're doing Phoenix Song Echo Number One, right? That is correct. All right, so Phoenix Song Echo Number 1 is written by Rebecca Rowanhorse with art by Luca Maresca, colors by Carlos Lopez, and Corey Smith and Alejandro Sanchez. Is that the, the creative team? I, I I copied this from from another source, uh, Hint Hint Roddy Cat. So uh, yeah, I'm looking at why there's CA. Is, there co- is that a cover artist credit? Color, uh, color, color artist. Right, right, right. But it looks like color oh, artist wait. and then color oh, artist yeah, again. I'm, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I might have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. I got this, confused. This is what happened. So color artist um, Carlos Lopez and artist Luca Maresca. Right. So what did I even do? Not sure, but definitely letters by VCs Ariana Mar because that's that's uh, virtual calligraphy for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, uh, oh that's you know, that is, those are the cover artists. I don't know why I put them there. The the Corey Smith and Alessandro's, yeah. That's okay. I was about to say you can take you can uh, uh, take this particular um, you can uh, start the, uh, the review of this particular book. Sure. So, um, so folks who've been reading, if anybody's been reading uh, Avengers, know this now that uh, Echo One Maya Lopez has uh, is in control of the Phoenix for- Force, or is it in control of her? And that uh, is where we kind of uh, coming into. Like they've been kind of messing with it in the pages of Avengers here and there, but they kind of not been going big on it because I think this is the start of a I guess this is pretty much the start of its own little mini event on this front uh, but we find uh, Maya in getting back to street level I guess or attempting to get back to street level as she um, tries to stop some crime in in, um, in Hell's Kitchen but she uh, has an accident uh, in the process kind of slight slight Little, starts to lose control just a little bit, not unlike the. I was about to say an accident's an understatement. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> um, she kind of loses control of her of her of herself and, and the powers, but not unlike we've what we've seen with the Phoenix Force in the in the past, and she has a run in with the 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 current Daredevil uh, Electra Nachos, um, who apparently they had run into each other before that I don't that I'm not familiar with um so yeah I don't know well I mean remember Echo debuted in the pages of Daredevil so I'm presuming that they have had previous run-ins in the past uh presumably not since Echo uh became a host of the Phoenix Force though right but apparently this I think because I think there was a footnote here about uh well there was definitely a footnote about them fighting, or at least I thought there was about them fighting during a uh, 
not Civil War, Secret Invasion, something like that. Oh, yeah, because no, it wasn't even a footnote. Uh, Electra mentioned something about um, um, her being a scroll. So that uh, that harkens back to like Secret Invasion. Um, but like I said, um, you know they 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 have a they have a run in with each other, but then Echo kind of just rolls out and it gets met up by the most unlikeliest person, well, likely but unlikeliest person to confront her about having her power. So that was the part that was like, huh, okay, I can see it, but not really. Because you would think, hey, Jean Grey would be the one to kind of come come, come run, up, run up for her. But instead, uh, it's one Krakoan Forge. Right. And I can see why it happened that way. One, because right. of the writer. Right. Yes. Trying to tie in many of the... Uh, uh, the um, you know, the, uh, the American Indian... Uh, the Native American uh, characters into Maya's story. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I saw that immediately. And so it made a little Absolutely. bit of sense. Although if you think about it, Jean has already given Maya her blessing in a sense well, during, yeah, that whole, during that whole storyline with the, right, uh, the, the, the Phoenix Force and Avengers. Right, I do remember that. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Or, I don't know about giving her blessings because I do remember she, she showed up and then they kind of they might have talked or something, but there was it wasn't like it was like hey, or it was more like it was more like an understanding, right? You know, uh, maybe not blessing. Blessing is probably uh, the wrong way to put it, but it's it's not that they're strangers to each other. It's right. just that they uh, they you know they have an acknowledgement of each other, right? You know that you know, and Jean understands that you know the, uh, where the Phoenix Force is right now, mm-hmm. right. So, so so she so she runs into Forge, uh, who tries to basically <laughs> takes it upon themselves to contain the the Phoenix Forge, which you know goes away, goes a certain way, um, but also continues to leave uh, Maya kind of not necessarily doubting herself because she was already doing that way, just trying to trying to figure out how to get control of the power. But so she ends up going somewhere that's familiar to her and, and meeting up with someone. That I'm fairly certain is fairly new. Well, I guess it's new to the story and new to the to the universe. Who's going to maybe help her? But we still uh, because of uh, a type of power that they have, and I guess that is sending her down. And who also comes with a, a kind of a warning at the end because apparently, um, there is someone after her ancestry that this person knows about. So. I guess this is the start of them trying to work together to 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 go through that. Right. Unfortunately, I know who I know who this character is because I read the January solicits. Okay, and I did not. So, so do not. I'm not going to spoil it, but um, again, it does have uh, something to do with uh, uh, a Native American history with the Native American history of characters in the Marvel universe. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I feel like I should know who that is, but no, it's I. I'm purpose purposefully, obviously being purposefully vague. Sure. So you know, but but giving enough information uh, to lead uh, anyone who's curious down that down the correct path. Right. 
But regardless, so this is, um, I think, I can't remember if this is like a, I think it's a five issue thing going on and I, there might be some more to it. Or, um, actually, I don't think I've seen any other like tie-in issue, tie-in books to this. Um, but yeah, this is five issues if, if I'm not mistaken. But, um... Obviously, we know that Echo is going to have uh, uh, a um, Disney Plus show at some point in the near future. So here's another, you know, this is another reason to have her out, you know, out front and center for folks who are not uh, aware of her of her backstory. So and th- so there's a good chance we're going to see. Uh, a good bit of her backstory during, in the pages of this uh, of this miniseries. So, yeah, worth it. It was not a bad read. I I, I enjoyed the read. Uh, I can safely say. So I'll I'll be checking out the next issue. Uh, so unless you have something else to to add to this, sir. Nope. Uh, we can move on. What's next? The oh wait, did you? Okay, no, you didn't read that. Okay, the trial of Mag- <clears throat> the trial of Magneto number three is our next book. It is yes, our next book is Trial of Magneto number three. It's written by Leah Williams with art by Lewis Wernick and David Messina, colors by Edgar Delgado, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So there's some interesting developments in the story based off of the cliffhanger ending of the previous. Uh, issue and uh, we find one as I as I try to click through to my uh, review copy here I apologize folks um, one of the things that uh, we were very confused about is the state of the and spoiler alert here uh, here comes the uh, bell spoilers incoming folks so one of the things that we were very much curious about is the version of Wanda Maximoff that we see emerging at the end of the previous issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is all in the wake of the Avengers looking to, quote unquote, claim the Scarlet Witch's body. And now we see that um, a version of the Scarlet Witch has emerged. We don't know if this is, in fact, a rebirthed Scarlet Witch that was produced through the Krakoan protocols. Yeah. We don't know that for sure yet. Right. They kind of make hints to where that could be the case, but then they kind of go back on the other way around, like, well, you know. Because they, cause they, cause they, they bring up something that would have had something to do with the, the resurrection protocols, but they don't necessarily go the full way of saying, hey, this is what happened. Right. It's left purposefully vague. We presume it's going to be filled in over the course of the rest of the series. Mm. Right. Is this a five or six issue series? I, I forget. This Let me is look. Five, yeah. Oh, so we're actually almost at the end. We're we're halfway through now. Right. We're past the halfway point, really. Okay. Wait, so is it four? No, no, no. I mean, in oh, terms of three, you know, like if it was six, oh, we would right. be at the halfway point. If right. it was five, we're actually past the halfway point. Sure, sure. So. But, yeah. yeah. But, mm-hmm. Go ahead. 
No, no, no. That's that, that's all. I, I I wanted to confirm that it was a five issue series. Go on. Gotcha. Uh, so the rest of the story kind of goes where you know because the Avengers are on Krakoa and they 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 see actually not just them. So it's the the Avengers and uh, Tommy and Wick uh, Wiccan and Speed are also there um, after their well after one of their sojourns into space. Um, so and so they kind of play a small part after the revelation of Wanda being alive, but not necessarily the Wanda that they know um, as their mom. Uh, and yes, there was an attempt to do something that both Agent, Agent 7 and, and I thought was a very much a choice <laughs> in, in how they handle something with, um, with, um, with Wanda. It's like, yeah, I don't know if you want, that's the thing you want to do. Like trying to give her, her yeah. Trying to trying to give it's her kind a of a unilateral speech. decision. I'm like, wait, this isn't something that they're gonna run past everyone there, right? Right. Like we know a part of part of um, resurrection protocols is to basically give give everybody's give the person their memories back up to uh, up to the time that they have or up to current speed, basically from what from what is known. Right. Like but, basically the most recent backup. And that's presumed to be something very recent, like just up until the point of their death, maybe like plus or minus like 10 to, you know, like 10 minutes to a day, right. depending on, on when that happens. But it's been acknowledged that the last backup on Cerebro's memory banks for Wanda Maximoff is very old. Right. Like very, very old and presumably well before House of M, obviously, you know, right. and, and, and other such uh, events. Because they, because you see flashes of those when they try to do what they do, right? I mean, it's it, you know, it's well before um, the the birth of her or the, the the creation of her children. Let's put it that way, right? We could basically say it's it's after it's after um, we find out that Magneto supposedly is her dad, right? But then I think before White Vision, correct. Well before that, yeah, well before White Vision, we're so we're going way back in right. time. Like they don't give a specific time frame, but we at least know that much. So it could be, well, they were married, so it's got to be somewhere around West Coast Avengers time at the very least. Um, and before the, I guess the before the um. Well, she didn't know she had kids either, so I guess so. It was before that, so it's possibly it's before the um the backup was before the um the the this Vision of Scarlet Witch uh first mini series. We don't we don't know. Regardless, it was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because it's hard so, to determine. Right, we're, you know, we're guess we're absolutely guesstimating on this uh, exactly. at this point. So and it may not even matter. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, ultimately that. You know, uh, how that plays into the rest of the story is that, uh, you know, as Roddy Cat said, there is a questionable call on, you know, restoring memories. But then we also have uh, several things happening that move this particular limited series forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those things being that Wanda is um, kind of in a dreamscape 
and right. finds herself confronted with a surprise character, but not necessarily a surprise character when it comes to these types of stories, right. especially since we're dealing with what appears to be a time-displaced Wanda. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that, you know, when, when you throw that particular uh, piece of context in, it's not, ne- you know, this doesn't come as a big surprise anymore. Right. And we'll get more context on that next issue, possibly. Now, the only other thing I'm curious about is whether we get anything about that decision that was made to do what they did, or at least the repercussions of, let's say, because after that happened, stuff started jumping off on the island, and you know, we we saw Scarlet Witch like one other time, and she gets kind of carried away, kind of get brushed away with her kids, uh, with uh, with a uh, Wiccan and Speed. So we don't know if she even, you know, the the version we see later has anything any connection to that, or whether they're going to put that together, or how she reacted to getting her her memories back, or at least the memories that right. she was given back. Right, right, right. We, there's a there is a a small interlude involving Pacific Rim esque uh, kaiju, right? Which is exactly what I said out loud when I was reading this. Mm-hmm. Roddy can confirm will this. confirm that. <laughs> I can definitely confirm that. So, um, so yeah. So we'll 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 see what happens with that next issue, and if there are any repercussions to any of this, or whether that was just kind of, you know, you know what's funny about this? Didn't they have uh, a mech? that they had in what was it like the X-Men annual or was it uh, a result of the first X-Men oh, arc? No, that was the yes. arc. Yes. That was like issue yes. one, issue one or two of X-Men or the current X-Men. Exactly. Right. I'm mm-hmm. surprised they didn't try to tie that into this mini series. Right. To and fight exactly. these kaiju. Exactly. They just well, conveniently forgot about that. Right. And I guess they figured, well, we got the Avengers here and not the same team makeup as, as, that anyway, with the exception of one or two that were there, that are here, here. Right. You know. Um, and as Agent 70 said, we get a giant size um, Janet Van Dyne, which we haven't seen in a good minute, so that was an interesting thing to see. <laughs> Def- definitely, definitely. So, yeah, but that was also a, an interesting read from this week. Um, so I guess on that point, we we're going to go to a Rapid Fire? I think so, because we started a little late, so we're going to try to keep things moving tonight, so... I ain't got time to breathe. So yeah, luckily neither one of us have read too, too many more books, and, and a couple of, we still have a couple of uh, uh, similar ones, so if you want to go ahead and... Sure, right. So these, amongst, you know, for the books that we still have in common, I think the last one is United States of Captain America number five. Correct. Uh, it's written by Christopher Cantwell, the other Christopher Cantwell, as Roddicat likes to make certain that we've mentioned. Indeed. The art is by Dale Eaglesham with colors by Matt Miller and letters by our Python VCs Joe Caramagna. So this turns out to be a pretty nicely wrapped up five-issue series introducing us to several Captains America that are uh, basically not of the super-powered version, but are basically Captains America in their own way, you know, uh, protecting America in their own way uh, around the country. 
you know, basically patrolling their own neighborhoods and their own uh, geographic areas. The overall plot is very much a Captain America-like plot involving both um, uh, Cynthia Schmidt. Uh, I think she's going by Mother Superior now. And... Or she was always going by Mother Superior, or at least relatively recently. So I think that's what her moniker was here, uh, along with the revived Hate Monger, yes. which was always which is always fun to see. And you know, all we needed was an Arnim Zola sighting, and we'd be good. But um, but uh, you know, as, as I said, it turned out to be a, a, a nice way to wrap up this five issue series. And uh, Cantwell gives cap an opportunity to make a speech but he i think wisely has cap step aside you know to to allow these newer characters a bit of space to shine in the spotlight anything to add right i thought that was a a, a good touch because hey, we know cap's good at doing at uh, doing the um the rara speeches so it was definitely good that it was like no 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 we, we we'll let the the uh, we 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 let the new class handle it and then someone stepped up to do just that and i think did it you know quite nicely um but yeah like like i just said it was a nice neat wrap up to this i don't know whether we're going to see any more from these captains america these younger captains america at any point um because wait do we know who's taking over cap oh no i don't think that's been announced yet yeah I mean, Canwell's done decently with this, um, with this, with this, with this miniseries. So I don't know. Even though he's got his hands full with uh, or with Iron Folk at the at the at the current time, but that's not saying that. And we know he's got some other stuff coming, but that's not that's not saying that he couldn't do multiple projects. And yes, this is the catch, halt and catch fire, Cantwell, not the <laughs> not the racist. Um, so yeah, so I don't believe we've gotten an announcement yet over you know for a new Captain America creative team. Right. So, you know, we see lots of Cap in other books. You know, surprisingly in in this month alone, we see Cap in almost all of these books. That's true. Even yeah, even one that I'm about to, I'm going to talk about when I get to mine. So you know, uh, uh, oh no, the other book that we have in common is Death of Doctor Strange. Okay, I yeah, didn't. I was, co- I was asking. That. Yeah, I was ask. I was gonna about to ask if you had read that. Yeah, I don't know why. What, what, uh, I I think uh, I I think I got held up trying to um, trying to add that to my list. So I'll read it off yours and I'll add it in a second. Sure. So Death of Doctor Strange number two. It's written by Jed McKay with art by Lee Garbett, colors by Antonio Fabella, and letters by VCs Corey Pett. If you want to start the review, well, actually, you know what? Let me since I'm doing the rapid fire, I'll start the rapid and then you'll pick up. So. Uh, picking up on the last uh, the, the last cliffhanger ending of the previous issue, we read we we find out that uh, in the wake of the death of Doctor Strange, no spoilers here. It's the title of the book. In the in the wake of the death of Doctor Strange, what what has apparently happened is the the mystical protective barrier that protects the in the 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 the, the Earth from most but not all mystical threats has come down obviously it doesn't protect from all because how else would you have dr strange stories if it protected the earth from every mystical threat so once this barrier has come down all of the mid-level baddies have come out i love that umar came out i was like oh wow i haven't seen umar since i read her entry in the marvel uh, the the ohatmu handbook 
you know? I was like, wow, Umar, that's crazy. And then we also get uh, a, a reappearance of Clea. And the reason why we see Clea is that all of these characters are not what we find out. Spoiler alert here. These characters are not invading the Earth, but they are seeking refuge. And what they're seeking refuge from are three characters who are newly introduced in the pages of this book. And they are powerful mystics because they are able to take on not just a Doctor Strange who is time displaced. We'll put it that way without spoiling the entire story. This Doctor yes. Strange is time displaced with a very specific purpose that is laid out in the pages of this book and from a very specific time. So that is also described in this book. And uh, getting back to these um, these three characters who are newly introduced in this book, they are powerful enough to take on arguably in terms of an Avengers quartet, one of the more powerful quartets that you can put together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, none of these characters, save for Thor, is all that effective against magic. But it's arguable, you know, when it comes to Carol Danvers. Yeah. So, you know, you're putting Carol Danvers in with, you know, this Avengers group with, uh, you know, uh, alongside Clea... Uh, an, uh, 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 a time-displaced version of Doctor Strange and Doctor Voodoo against these uh, three characters, and these three characters basically run roughshod. Yeah. Over basically, the oh, over the like assembled if the, if, the, if the Black Order came to Earth during the, uh, during uh, during well, either the MCU or you know or um, <laughs> or in the the original comics and just kind of had their way with. Uh, with the heroes they meet up with. Right. I mean, I don't even think the, the black order in the comics were this, you know, were, were this formidable. That's, that, that's how I remember them. True. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought that, uh, they, uh, they, they played they you know, not that they were overpowered. I hate that OP, uh, 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 shortening, right. um, that I read online, but, not that they're overpowered in the in the movies, but I felt like they weren't. Uh, I mean, they're definitely intimidating. Don't get me wrong. Right. The assembled Black Order, uh, introduced by in Hickman's and fin, you know in in Hickman's Avengers run, was uh, was a formidable force. You know, individually and as a group. Right. But um, but getting back to this Doctor Str- Death of Doctor Strange number two, ultimately where uh, where we find ourselves is in the. Um, these these three new characters withdraw, but it is with uh, to be continued. So of course, we know we're going to get more of them in the next issue, right? Um, and uh, we we were talking before the the show real quick that uh, that this issue, well, this, this particular story and the trial of Magneto seem to be sharing a, a a similar beat because of the fact that you have two actually what two magical time displaced um, characters uh, kind of right front and center, right, 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 revolving around a death. Right, exactly, and so right. there's, there's rumors <laughs> that's a that, lot of that's a lot of commonality right there. Exactly, there 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 was a rumor report saying that that they might be 
related to a, a, an event that might be coming, but there's no word on that one way or the other. So they could be still kind of coincidence at this point. Um, but also the in the way it's particular the way that Doctor Strange uh, kind of bought it. We I think I said this in the first issue as we found out at the end of the first issue. It's almost likened to uh, that what if that we saw from from Doctor Strange where the the ancient one kind of did something similar. With, mm-hmm. their, with their life force, it was like they they clearly read that they had time to read that script before doing this, you know, because it seems awfully familiar. But uh, the only one last point I, I can say about this, I love how when um, like the, the this time this place, Stephen was uh, trying to explain the situation, and then the Avengers call and and Cap gets gets word of what happens, and Cap just kind of takes us like, well, okay, we still need to talk to you. <laughs> it was like, uh, okay, well. And it's like, yeah, sure, all right. <laughs> like he didn't even skip a beat. It was like, yeah, we still need to, we still need uh, Doctor Strange. So and so that was, I guess that was the only other thing. It was like because this Stephen was, I guess if we want to even go down this road, like real quick, but like this particular time display, Stephen was before he was Sorcerer Supreme. Like, was there even that time? I mean, I, was like, I don't, oh. I don't know. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know. Right. You know, it's obviously before the time and, and you know, we'll be, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're, we'll be frank. You know, we're not necessarily the, the, the biggest Doctor Strange devotees. Right. But at the same time, you know, we know that obviously they've tried to integrate Stephen Strange into the Avengers lore more mm-hmm. since the MCU began. Definitely recently. Yeah. And, you know, he hasn't always been right. He has not always been so close to, you know, the Avengers. Right. You know, he wasn't a car, literally a card carrying member of the Avengers. Right. Up until relatively recently. Exactly. You know, youngins will be like, man, it's been a long time for us. It's relatively recently. Okay. And (laughs) it's, you know, like, uh, you know, if you go back to uh, like something like the Infinity Gauntlet, like the original Infinity Gauntlet, he may have been a player in the in, in the Marvel universe, but not nearly as closely associated with you know with the Avengers. Even though whenever something mystical happened, who's the first character you call? Right, right. So you know that's other than that, it's it's not um, it, it's not uh, it's not to be you know we can't gloss over the fact that he's a much bigger player uh, when it comes to uh, interconnectivity. Uh, with the with the rest of the Marvel Universe now, right? Um, and I feel like at, there was at some point where I I wonder if been this is Ryan where he might have been on the team, but I don't even know if that was actually true because that was. But it, well, he made him part of the Illuminati. Well, there's that. Yes, exactly. There we go. But that's technically not even the Avengers, but right. But he made it. But that was like a real Avengers centric book. Mm-hmm. Given the, the the right, given the folks that were involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, the, you know, here we are here. Um, but and, and it was definitely after Blue Mask or Blue Black Mask uh, original recipe, Doctor Strange. So there is that. Like I said, just, just somewhere because even Mordo was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot you used to call yourself that," which I don't remember him. Yeah, I being called that. That was before our time. Clearly, 
So that was before our time. All right, what's no. next? next? So we did that, 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 that. Um, Thor, number 18, it's written by Donny Case with art by Pasquale Ferry and Bob Quinn as guest artists, colors by Matt Wilson, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. It is not a spoiler when I say this issue is very much centered upon Throg, Simon Walterson, which is obviously a shout-out to Walt Simonson. <laughs> and... <laughs> And, uh, you know, this follows, and this is a mild spoiler, so I'm going to ring the spoiler bell. This follows the storyline that, uh, that that is part of the cliffhanger ending of the previous issue, which is that Mjolnir is, quote-unquote, missing. Uh, we find out that, uh, at least if you read the solicitations, that Mjolnir may be running amok. But as for now, what we understand and what Thor understands is that Mjolnir is missing and he needs to find out where it went and what has happened and he seeks out the counsel of one Loki. Of course he's going to seek out the one called Loki because who else is going to be able to be a spy? But Loki is very much in charge of his own kingdom at this point if you're not keeping up with the uh, his story in the pages of the current run of Thor. He is the king of Jotunheim. And uh, the tables do get turned in this issue. It's very fun to read. It's a great sequence. And this is where Throg is brought in. And Throg, in order to fulfill Thor's request to find out what what is happening with Mjolnir, assembles his own team, let's say... That's right, the Pet Avengers. Hmm. And it is a very fun issue. Uh, it's one of those things, it's one of those issues that will bring a smile to your face no matter how familiar you are, familiar you are with uh, Thor's canon, at least even in uh, recent history. So uh, I definitely recommend this issue just for the sheer delight that you will have in reading it. I was about Next to say, up is the, well, before you go on. I was going to say I was wondering since you mentioned Loki being a spy, I was like, I wonder if that's a callback to uh, agents of his agent of uh, Asgard book because he technically kind of was a spy then, in a way. It's a call. Yeah, I was about to say it's a callback to to to, to Loki's nature, sure. you know, wow. and I think that's generally what. Uh, that, that's generally what this particular portion of the story is referring to, and they get right past it, as I said, because. Uh, while not being the spy himself, he turns into the quote spy master. So it's actually pretty fun. I would recommend that even though Roddy Cat's not keeping up with Thor that closely, that he read this because, like I said, it's a very delightful issue to read. I'll check it out. Next up is a fear state in the pages of Batman number 115. It's written by James Tinian the fourth. With art by Bengal or Bengal and Jorge Jimenez, colors are by Tomo Mori, and letters by the uh, freelancer Clayton Cowles, not with um, virtual calligraphy. So, again, I listen. I am not keeping the closest of uh, watches over how closely we're approaching uh, future state. We are in some nebulous time between the current state of the DC universe and future state. 
we're somewhere prior to future state still. But it seems like we're getting closer and closer. And we have here in this issue um, several things happening with Simon Saint. He is trying to cover up his tracks, but at the same time, you know, he's, tr- he's trying to cover up his mistakes, but the, at the same time, looking to create a distraction and taking out some players on the uh, Gotham City villain chessboard. We find, you know, we found out relatively recently that Poison Ivy is making moves literally underneath the streets of Gotham City, and that makes her a target now for Simon Saint. Batman and um, uh, Molly. What is her last? What what is her? Oh, it's the new character. I forget what she's called. From the Unsanity Collective. I know one. I know one of her names is Molly. There's a a longer name to it. Okay. Molly, something. I'll 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 remember. But ultimately, um, there is a, a possibly you know there, uh, Batman and this Molly character are on a path, on a quest to try to reclaim some technology that the Unsanity Collective, um, had put together. That that might be a way to uh, defuse what the Scarecrow is doing, but it turns out dun, 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 that the Scarecrow is beating them to the punch, and the Scarecrow is using Peacemaker Number One to try to uh, complete his uh, Fear State experiment on Gotham City. So, bottom line is we have um, uh, this story continuing to hurdle towards the eventual Future State. Which is so still so weird. Yeah, so that's I think what the uh, miracle Molly. That's it. I had to Google it, folks. So apologize for that. Just a quick little typing of Molly Fear State, and um, the first result filled in that particular blank for me. So as as Roddy Cat was kind enough to say for me, it is still so weird to try to figure out where we are in this and how we are kind of still hurtling towards. Um, the events of future state that have already happened (laughs) right that we've already seen laid out Mm -hmm. next up i'm just going to say that i skimmed eat the rich number three under by boom i skimmed it i do need to i think reread or read issue number two which i may have missed because i just didn't get to get a chance to read it so i'm going to go back and read that what i did read though is nightwing number 85 and this is a potential click of the week it is written by Tom Taylor with art by Robbie Rodriguez, colors by Adriano Lucchese, and uh, letters by Wes Abbott. The reason why it's a potential click of the week is that it, as much as I am a fan of the New Teen Titans, and I love that in the pages of the New Teen Titans, we're talking the Wolfman Perez New Teen Titans, as much as I love the fact that you know Nightwing is literally you know surrounded by beautiful women, and Starfire basically throws herself at him in the first couple of issues of New Teen Titans, and they end up, um, they end up you know uh, being a couple for a very long time in the DC universe. In the Kingdom Come timeline, they actually have a kid. Uh, what, what what where I'm going with this is that in this issue. At least for now, we get a nice little 
interlude relationship-wise between Barbara Gordon and Nightwing, Dick Grayson. And, you know, it's 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 been developing over the last two issues of Nightwing. And it looks like there may be something brewing here that Tom Taylor wants to explore. The other side of this coin is that as a result of what's been going on, or as a, as a parallel story of what's been going on in Fear State and Future State, the Oracle network has been compromised by a, parent, by, a, by a third party seemingly unrelated to Simon Saint and the events of Fear State and Future State. But uh, what this has served to do is, you know, it, there's a little bit of um, allegory here when it comes to the, um, the police state and the uh, – the, and the um, the surveillance state that that we may or may not be finding ourselves in right now, uh, you know, especially in a post 9-11 world, which is now 20 years old. Suffice to say. So um, whether or not the mechanisms that Oracle has put in place will survive the 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 events of this tie in into fear state remains to be seen but that is front and center in tom taylor's storytelling and i really like that as well as the relationship stuff between dick grayson and barbara gordon right you know which let's forget that kind of a rekindling yes definitely definitely rekindling but let's forget that they made that awful um animated uh killing joke um that has uh, Babs yeah. and Batman going at it, which is, you know, just just so wrong. Mm-hmm. It's so wrong on so many levels. It really is. It really was. That's just trying to. That's just trying to. You know, trying to make waves, trying to be controversial for no reason, for no good reason. Anyway, that is it for me on rapid fire, and I will hand it off over to Rodicat. And I believe that. So. so... Well, we'll get to this later on, but Young Justice kind of had also had uh, Dick Grayson and uh, Barbara as um, as an item at one point. So I, I don't know if one kind of came behind the other or whatnot, but it is what it is. So for my last couple of books, uh, we're sticking on the DC train with uh, Black Manta number two. Uh, and the creative team is writer Chuck Brown, hometown hometown Chuck Brown, aka also of um, uh, uh, Bitterroot fame. Uh, art by Valentin Delandro. Uh, colors uh, by Maurice, Maurice Louise. And letters by Clayton Cowles. So I'm going to say, and I don't know, so this part. I should probably have switched the orders of this, but I'm thinking it, it might not matter. So, uh, if you plan on reading Black Manta number two, I would say you probably want to read Nubia and the Amazons uh, before this. Possibly the whole miniseries, but definitely... Well, possibly definitely the, this first issue, but I'll get to that in a moment. Because there's... Uh, there's a person that shows up in this Black Manta book that also that, I, uh, that apparently has something to do with uh, something that happens in this uh, in, in this book, or that happens in um, in Nubia and the Amazons. Um, but basically, there's a there's this 
magical rock that apparently is uh, what we find out here of uh, Atlantean origin uh, is causing Black Manta and other folks in the world to have headaches. And we guess because of this, uh, Manta's trying to figure out, while he has a piece of this rock, why is it giving him headaches? We find out in this issue that um, Manta may be, may have more of a uh, Atlantean in his family history outside of his dealings with uh, Aquaman and also his son, who in this case is Jackson Hyde, a.k.a. AKA Aqualad, or at least the current Aqualad. Um, so I think that might be a retcon because I'm think historically, you know, Manta was never had no, no, it feels like it, it almost feels like, and I think I even said it in this, in this, uh, in my notes, it almost is like he's in a human with a uh, latent genes. That's kind of how they're playing it off in a way. Wait, oh, you mean, um, black Manta. Manta? Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I was about to say, my understanding is that black Manta was always played off as human. Correct. But and to this, he got he got he got it going with uh, with uh, an Atlantean that wasn't from Atlantis. Correct. Uh, but yeah. according to this, there may be a little bit more to his uh, genealogy than even he knows because of uh, because of uh, a revelation in this uh, issue early on. Um, but that being said, like I said, going to find out that there's a bigger piece of this rock that's somewhere out there that's causing a bigger problem for the world. But there's also on the side, another side of this, um, uh, we, for some strange reason, what I thought was really strange, we cut the Themyscira, Themyscira? I, I've never, anyway. Oh, no, no, they, they've they said it, Themyscira. Okay. They said it. Cause they, cause... You know, because uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely um, going to credit the movie. The Wonder Woman movies with that, right? And that's it's definitely that's, okay. That's what I figured, but I was like, I've seen other things. But regardless, uh, we cut to the girl where currently uh, Nubia, who I'll talk about in a minute, is the queen of uh, of queen of the island, um, and uh, there is a person that we saw last issue that they that the Amazons come across uh, that is also after this stone for reasons of their own that we don't fully know about, but I suspect they're going to run into, and I think Manta actually knows this person, but don't, doesn't know this person is still around yet. Uh, cause I think there was also allusion to that last issue, but I figured they're going to come into each other, come into, uh, each purview. Definitely within the next couple of issues, because I think this is only five issues. Um, but in order for Manta and his, uh, I guess his first mate Gallus to get some information on the stone or whatnot, they crash. I don't know if this character's origin or if anything, the gentleman ghost. Do you know anything about that? Agent seventy. Okay. Well, anyway, they 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 crash the gentleman. You ghost. know we have a. I was about to say you know we have a sound effect for this. Who? Who? Hmm. So and apparently just like actually. Not unlike uh, that Echo book from this week, apparently Gentleman Ghost is able to go back in time, and this is the reason why Manta, Manta and, and Gallus uh, is looking for him. So I guess we're going to get a little bit of that. So they can kind of look into this uh, family history, or this uh, genealogy of uh, Manta's, I suppose. Uh, but then at the end of this issue, um, another character is given an ultimatum, and all this is probably going to come back together at some point. Um... We will see. But for my last book, uh, boop. 
is um highly anticipated book by some and also I should guess I should point out that uh today as if we were recording is Wonder Woman's 80th anniversary. So not only is this book out, there's three other books out on Comicsology and probably physically that you can get for free. Uh, if you go to the show, this particular episode's show notes, you will see links in the clickbait section for those three books that you can get uh, in Comicsology for free. So check that out. But regardless, Nubia and the Amazons number one, um, which is uh, the script is by Stephanie Williams. The story is by Stephanie Williams and Vida, Vida Ayala. Uh, pens, uh, pencils by Aletha Martinez, inks by Mark Morales, uh, colors by Emilia Lopez, and letters by Becca Carey. And the first thing I'm going to say is the art in here is great. Um, kind of striking. Um, so Aletha um, uh, Martinez is doing some great work there. And, and you know, with the, and the colors and the inks and, and the inks of uh, Mark Morales and, uh, and uh, Emilia on the colors. So. The art in here looks great, I think. Um, we, the question of the story is basically um, is that we get a slight bit of backstory on Nubia that I don't think I knew. Like I think most people who even know about Nubia knows that she pretty much came along at the same time with Diana, which depending on which version of uh, Wonder Woman's uh, backstory you get, it could be the the maid of clay, uh, Diana or something. I, mean, I think that's maybe maybe that that all that's gonna be unfolded or whatever. Not at this point. But regardless, there is this thing called the Well of Souls, and um, Nubia came out of it at the same time. And again, I don't know if this is a retcon or if this is like actual history because, like I said, there's only so much of Nubia's uh, backstory that I even know. Um, but Nubia came out of this thing called the Well of Souls, which apparently, um when women out in men's world die, they can potentially come back to the mascara to be uh, basically reincarnated as potential Amazons. And I think it has something to do with these women being uh, abused out in the world from, from what the story is saying. So they can pretty much get a second chance uh, at life as the Amazons in this case. That being said, uh, the well opens up again and we get a whole a new crop of um, potential Amazons uh, coming up and Nubia is dealing with that or Nubia and uh, the rest of the Amazons who are pretty much versed in how this, this goes um, are trying to make them welcome. Uh, but we come to find out that all is not what it seems in the fact that they uh, have come come about. Not because of... Well, we know there's one of them who seems to have a, a pretty amazing aptitude for certain things, because apparently once uh, once folks come from the Well of Souls, they, they get basically assessed for their Amazonian potential, or what they end up doing. Um, but apparently there is... Um, a nightmare that happens by one of the other Amazons, Penelope, that looks to be hearkening to uh, a Wonder Woman event that is upcoming. From what I read from another article, I, I would not have put that together from from this. But if it hadn't been for the fact that I read another article uh, within the last day or two, I would not have known that. So this nightmare is kind of inferring that hey, this other um, 
this other event in Wonder Woman for Wonder Woman is going to happen, and we'll talk about that event later on in the uh, in the news section. But overall, it was a pretty good first issue. There's um, some some curiosity as to what um, you know where this is leading. Um, I believe if you did not know the fact that uh, Nubia is now the queen of the mascara, uh, then you might want to check out Infinite Frontier because I believe that's where all of that came about. Which is somewhere in between Future State because we know Future State she was I think in Future State she was already queen and that whole thing that we just talked about with Fear State. Uh, and in that case, that is the end of it for me. So we can get two clicks of the week. All righty, clicks of the week. Uh, we didn't get anything from the other guys, so um, we are on our own devices. As, that as is okay. I wanted to mention that the two of the two potentials clicks of the two potential clicks of the week that I had mm-hmm. FF number 37 and Nightwing number 85. I wanted to shout out uh, Yvonne Craig, you know, who is no longer with us. She passed away back in 2015, but um, you know, she, you know, she, she's the image of Batgirl I have in my head. You know, anyone that grew up with Batman 66 on constant reruns and syndication will have, uh, you know, Yvonne Craig's Batgirl uh, running through their head. And, uh, you know, she was definitely a sight for anyone of, uh, uh, you know, the right age. And that right age was definitely a big span. Yes. You know, it was a big span for that right age to see Yvonne Craig in that Batgirl suit. Be like, oh, yeah, that works. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, I wanted to, you know, I, I want to give a shout out to Yvonne Craig because, uh, you know, as, as Roddy Cat said, you know, rekindling the romance between Nightwing and Batgirl is, you know, uh, a nice little story to, uh, to, to to explore in the pages of Nightwing. But I think I'm going to still go with Fantastic Four number 37 as my click of the week because I just had from start to finish a great time reading that book. Yeah, indeed. And in fact, um, well, let me see. Um, like, yeah, the I feel like I'm probably going to do the same thing because I did enjoy the uh, um, well, most of the stuff that I read. That, uh, but um, the the Nubian and Amazons is kind of interesting. Uh, the Black Manta book, I'm not sure where that's going, but I you know. Just, there's something to that, but definitely the between. I guess it would probably be more between Trial of Magneto and uh, Fantastic Four 37 uh, for me. But I'm definitely thinking I am going to go with uh, Agent 70 on Fantastic Four number 37 because it definitely was. Um, <laughs> it definitely was a good fun read, and and for as for as packed as it was, you know, it um, it flowed quite nicely, as we said. Right, and it definitely sets a new standard for ho- for um, holiday issues, I think. You know, talk about weaving in lots of continuing plot lines yeah, into fair. a holiday issue. Fair to say. All right, cool. Like I said, we didn't get anything from the other two guys, so we're just going to push on to the news. But first, uh, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Funko, Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles, such as their famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel, including T-shirts, hats, and socks, 
and brand merchandise such as custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. This is the problem with having a lot of tabs open. Uh, but we're not going to worry about that right at this very moment. Uh, memory drain. Memory drain. No, it's not even that. It's just that I just moved the tab and I have no idea where it just went. <laughs> but it, oh, no. Yeah. All right. We start with off with the cinematic news as we do um, um, every time about this week. We got a definite a lot of uh, news from DC Fandom, and we will get to that in a moment, and we're going to run through some of that. But that's definitely a link or two in the... Uh, you can definitely go to the show notes for everything we're talking about. Uh, William Shatner's in tears after historic space flight. Yes, that thing happened. We talked about it last week, that it was going to happen. It already happened, and apparently... Shut up, Guardian. Um... The Star Trek actor, the Star Trek actor William Shatner, like like people don't know who that is, uh, declared himself overwhelmed at becoming the oldest human in space at the age of ninety during a brief uh, but successful second crewed flight on Wednesday's, uh, I guess Wednesday's, yeah, the thirteenth, um, uh, the space flight Blue Origin New Shepard rocket ship from West Texas desert. The Canadian who for four, well, you know who this guy thinking? Why do you always do that? Jesus. Um, well, they're describing it as if it was an actual news story where we already know most of the details about uh, William Shatner, and most of the details are unimportant to us because we know him as Captain Kirk. Exactly. So and, it, and it he could have that. written a story that said, Captain Kirk makes a real historic space, space flight. Basically. So he basically says after this flight, after he comes out, out away from this flight, uh, quote-unquote, I hope I never recover from this, Shatner said, following his touchdown in the... Um, in the company of three civilian crewmates. I'm so filled with emotion about what just happened. It's extraordinary. Extraordinary. And I'm not going to do a Whitney Shatner uh, um, um, impression because he'd probably be like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was extraordinary. <laughs> I don't know if you've, if anybody's seen that, uh, that, um, that I think it's Vanity Fair or, or GQ, I can't remember what it was, where he's rating people doing his impressions. It's kind of funny, the ones he likes and what, the ones he doesn't like. Uh, but regardless, there's a couple of pictures in here of the of him and uh, the takeoff of the Space Dong because that ship did definitely look like a dildo. Apologies um, <laughs> for people with... Um, <laughs> for with kids may or may not be listening to this but it terribly does anyway that's that next all right uh dc's legends of tomorrow returned for season seven with uh and it was celebrated by uh dc publisher slash chief creative officer jim lee with a new sketch he shared uh jim lee shared an image of sarah lance based on the likeness of Katie Lotz, who portrays the character in Legends and other Arrowverse shows. She's notably clad in her long red coat and top hat from the season seven premiere, which saw her pose as a circus ringmaster. Okay. Yay. 
Um, also, I didn't I didn't have this in the, in the lineup, but at DC Fandom, there was a uh, like a recap of the the last seven seasons. Like they did, basically did a hundred episodes because this is you know, because of the hundredth episode. They did like a hundredth episode and hundred seconds recap. So some of that will be like I said again. There's an article in the the news section. Anyway, um, I'm going to take these next two since they're related. Dwayne Johnson makes his DCEU debut in explosive first scene. So basically, there was new footage uh, from Black Adam at DC Fandom. Uh, the scene finds several archaeologists exploring the cave when they come across uh, Black Adam, who pretty much takes them all down. Um, the footage was uh, introduced by The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, at, at uh, Fandom. Probably was recorded, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, him being Dwayne Rock Johnson. So, I don't know if you got a chance to check it out, uh, Agent 70. I did. I had it, I had DC Fandom uh, playing in the background as I was doing stuff last Saturday. Same. Uh, in, in relation to that, uh, Black Adam DC Fandom footage offers first look at the JSA. Uh, because in the footage we see you know black adam and i believe we uh, in the introduction to it i believe there were a couple other people like um um Aldous hodge was there and uh pierce brosnan was also kind of had a, they did like a little video you know with them and the rock and a couple other people like a kind of almost like a behind the scenes thing or at the scenes thing uh but yeah we get we get uh, some flashes of um of those folks and others because as we know, Aldous Hodge is playing Hawkman and uh, Pierce Brosnan is playing Doctor Fate. So, and like I said, the other people. So yeah, you can get to take a look at that in the show notes. Next, uh, let's see. Uh, we're up to the Barry Allen, right? Yeah. Barry Allen gets an upgrade as the CW unveils the Flash's new suit with golden boots at DC Fandom. So we're talking about the television version of uh barry allen so um you know every season has seen an upgrade to the the barry allen flash suit but this is something that is uh, has been a long time coming and that is uh that the flash has now been equipped with gold boots on his costume, something that Grant Gustin has been asking for for several years, apparently. And it was just being um, denied, 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 denied until it was finally uh, granted and approved. So this is going to be the first season of The Flash with the gold boots. And possibly may or may not be the last season of The Flash, period. But we don't know that part. So season eight, folks, (laughs) That's, that's, that's a long time for any show. Definitely. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, we do know that it's going to be a five-parter, five-parter Armageddon event, and that's going to start on Tuesday, November 16th uh, on CW. So that also was a thing that happened, or that came out. And I'm going to take these next two because they are also related. So, uh, Jason Momoa shares behind-the-scenes look at Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom at DC Fandom. So yeah. Uh, Jason Murray introduced basically some footage for, uh, or at least a feature, a little snippet of a feature for um, the second uh, Aquaman movie. Um, he basically says, Aloha, DC fandom. I apologize for the four year wait, but I'm very proud of the sequel because it's tackling a lot of issues environmentally. It takes a higher, and I'm just excited because I had a big part of it with my boy James. You know how um, Jason Moore talks. 
<laughs> like you just want to go get mm. a beer with a dude um dressed like a bat um <laughs> but there's a, a behind the scenes I was going to ask you about that book, actually. Um, There was a behind. I didn't see it in our drive. I didn't see it in our drive. We don't normally get those books readily, and uh, I was going to actually try to pull it, but I didn't see it on, at least at the time that I went to the other site. I didn't see it. Okay. So I I guess you had looked at the solicitations and seen it in the solicitations, right? I saw it. I mean, I mean, not even in the schedule, you know, like comic list or something. Right. I saw. Well, when I was pulling covers, I was. So this is a little behind the scenes, folks. Sorry about that, but um. But yeah, I saw him. I saw him out this week because of the covers. So I was like, I was, mm. and I figured you would have. I got it. But yeah, anyway. I would have read it. Yeah, or at least skimmed it. Exactly. But yeah, we don't those those that brand of books we don't normally get. And I know sometimes those are kind of big for for dirt to be pulling. Uh, got it. Got it. Got it. But yeah, well, I don't know. I had to check on that like because I'm actually kind of interested in that book since you talked about it last time. Anyway, um, so yeah, there was a behind the scenes footage from. Um, uh, of Momoa in the new stealth suit, we, which we've already seen parts of, and going into the next book, uh, next uh, um, article, um, we also get a new look at uh, some images of Black Manta, uh, Yaya Abdul Mantine in the uh, in the, the Black uh, Manta suit. Uh, along oh, so you're covering the next article? Okay. Yeah. 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 So, like I said, I'm showing that right now from the from the tweets uh, from the in, on the article, and yeah, yeah, that suit still looks good, <laughs> and it is what it is. Next up, so in a surprising, uh, I guess we had read some news on this before. Yes. It was unfamiliar to me. So, at Fandom, Aquaman: King of Atlantis, the animated series, released a, a new clip and. The first episode was already on HBO Max at the time. It is a three-part animated miniseries, uh, Aquaman King of Atlantis, which begins with Aquaman's first day on the job as King of Atlantis, and he's got a lot of catching up to do. It's very um, much in the the vein. The animation style is very much in the vein of the current uh, like Cartoon Network style. You know, think uh, yeah, Craig of the Creek. Think Ooh, no, of, you know that either. style. Um, you know, uh, you know that style of character that that style of um, characters. You know, like uh, physic. You know, the, the 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 physical nature of the characters. We're not talking about like strictly. Actually, I'll go you uh, one better. Just um, Thundercats roar because it's definitely the same art style as that. Oh, I mean, I'm not even familiar with that. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty much the exact same art style as Thundercats roar, which is kind of yeah, a little bit yeah, so. If you're familiar with that, and I'm not even sure if that's even out yet, but if you're familiar with that, that is that. And yes, like I just said, said that um, I believe the first episode or two is out for that, uh, for Aquaman King of Atlantis at this point. All right, there's only three parts to it, so if you're interested, you may want to jump in and check it out. Yep. Uh, Static and Milestone Heroes get an animated movie uh, with a live-action one within the works. To which, um, so anyway... Uh, Milestone Comics Brass shared the big news for Static and the rest of the superheroes of Dakota City at this weekend's uh, DC Fandom. Milestone characters are coming to animation for the first time since 2000's uh, Static, Shark cartoon, Static Shock cartoon, and the live-action movie is gearing up as well. So we talked about the live-action movie, and that's the one with Michael B. Jordan. It has been confirmed that that's still being done. Uh, the the big uh, and I think they kind of touched upon that uh, during DC Fandom just a, just a just a bit. 
but in the milestone segment of DC Fandom, producer Reginald Hun- Hudlin and milestone co-creator Dennis Cowan announced that Warner Brothers Animation uh, is developing an animated film based on the milestone superhero setting uh, written by Brandon Thomas of uh, Hardware Season 1 fame and Aquaman The Becoming. Uh, at least that's his current stuff. Uh, the film will feature more than one character, according to Cowan, indicating that it won't just be Virgil Hawkins' static show. Uh, top mi- milestone characters include Superman reflecting, according to this article, Icon and Rocket, uh, as well as the high-tech suit wearing hardware. Um, see, this has been the thing that milestone fans have been dreaming about for a long time, and we're happy to finally give it to give it to you finally. Um, and they also confirmed that uh, Randy McKinnon is developing a script for the live-action Static Shock movie with um, Michael with Warner Brothers and Michael B. Jordan's um, production company. So there you go. Next, next up uh, at Fandom, the Peacemaker trailer was unveiled along with a release date of January thirteenth, two thousand twenty-two. John Cena is, of course, reprising his role as Christopher Peacemaker Marks after debuting the character in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad earlier this year. Did you did you watch that part? What? The, the Peacemaker clip they showed. I think so. Okay. What'd you think? It's fine. It's the P, you know, it's they're going for very much a Deadpool uh, vibe with mm. the Peacemaker. Right. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with, you know, trying to explore these different um, uh, types of characters. And this is right up Gun's Alley. So, you know, definitely taking, you know, if I recall correctly, um, Gun said during Fandom that he said on set that he couldn't believe that DC was allowing him to get away with all this stuff. Yeah. And if it's anything like what he what he pulled off in the Suicide Squad, yeah, I I kind of feel the same way. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, so yeah, so January thirteenth, twenty twenty two, which apparently is a Thursday, and we find out there are more people in the cast, such as Daniel Brooks and um, uh, 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 Robert Patrick, or you know, and a few other people. Um, the Liquid Terminator. Yes, indeed. Uh, who are also in the cast with a couple of people from who also was in Suicide Squad and some other people that I'm not too sure about, but regardless, right? That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't want to read all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, the the more notable names are the ones I mentioned. So gotcha. But yeah, like I said, they also gave the date for it. Next up, though, uh, my adventures with Superman shows off character design art. Uh, this is also some stuff from DC Fandom. This is pretty much going the order of DC Fandom. So this we're going to kind of blowing through just real quick. Uh, so the series follows young twenty-something iterations of Clark Kent and James Olsen, who hasn't been, whose actor hasn't been revealed yet, as they navigate working for the Daily Planet, falling in love, and coming of age amid their superheroic escapades. Uh, My adventures with Superman is still in early development and is set to premiere on HBO Max in 2023. And you can check the article for these character designs, which they look all right, look almost animated-ish uh, in design. Next. DC unveiled the first look at an, at their upcoming League of Super Pets animated ser- uh, animated movie that is beating the Pet Avengers to the punch, which features uh, an apparently star-studded cast providing the voices of beloved superhero pets, such as Crypto the Super Dog and Ace the Bat Hound and more. So they showed some footage at Fandom. Uh, 
Dwayne Johnson is voicing crypto because he just doesn't have enough exposure. Shots fired. Shots fired. Uh, we also get Kevin Hart as Ace the Bat Hound, which is a miscasting. And Mark Marin as Lex Luthor. I mean, you know, straight out of the podcast, apparently. But we can't get mad at Keanu Reeves trying to get paid. John Krasinski, Vanessa Bayer, Kate McKinnon, Natasha Leone, and Diego Luna in undisclosed roles on this League of Super Pets show. I, about to, I feel like I thought Pet, Pet Avengers might have had something before now, but apparently there there's rumors that they, like you said, they are they did get this out ahead of that. But I could have sworn they had like a show or something already. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Doom Patrol uh, renewed for season four at HBO Max. Uh, Thursdays, well, let's see, October 6th, oh, wait, no, no, um, the announcement was made as a part of DC Fandom, and the season three show is currently airing, with new episodes dropping Thursdays through November 11th, uh, so I'm going to assume that the season four is going to be next year, next Fandom brought us a brief teaser of not a full trailer, but a teaser of the Flash movie. And we actually got some interesting information on the Flash movie. So actor Ezra Miller debuted this first look. And, um, you know, we got some definite clues as to what's going to be happening. There's going to be some time hopping because we definitely see multiples of. Um, Ezra Miller in this actual image. We have the voice of Michael Keaton uh, and and uh, the silhouette of the uh, Batman and Batman Returns Batmobiles in the at the end of this teaser. So it is definitely going to be a Flashpoint type story. We already know that uh, Ben Affleck is also going to be reprising his Batman role in this movie. So hey, uh, we'll see how this plays out. Right. I'm kind of curious about that part is being like, is it going to be like the other side of Justice League where, you know, (laughs) when Barry kind of flashed forward to try to tell them stuff and we just kind of see the other side of that? I don't know. Possibly. Possibly. Um, On that note, uh, we also get um, word that apparently a day or two after... um, uh, DC fandom that uh, the Flash movie has well actually technically they they, they mentioned I think they mentioned uh, when Ezra Miller uh, showcased it but basically it's a wrap uh, Andy Machete wrote in one uh, Instagram post featuring an image of him sitting in his director chair um, so it's done I guess they're going, going through posts and I think like I said that might have been said during the thing I can't remember during the um, when Ezra Miller spoke I tried to tune him out kind of but regardless uh november 4th 2022 is when that we're gonna get that flash movie um next up next up um uh, a very highly anticipated adaptation is netflix's take on neil gaiman's the sandman and uh We have gotten our first reveal at Fandom of the first look at Gwendolyn Christie as the devil, uh, Lucifer Morningstar, in the DC Universe. Not to be confused with the the show. Right. 
So yeah, you can see the image of her uh, right there, the poster of her right there. Uh, next up, Blue Beetle's HBO Max movie got a first look at DC Fandom. Um, the preview of the series gave uh, fans a brief background on the history of the character and how he got his par- uh, powers. This is the Jaime Reyes version, of course. Uh, the introduction included uh, Zolo Madriduena, my apologies for screwing up your name, who plays um, Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle, in the movie, who got to debut the first concept art for the character's cartoon, uh, costume, which you can see uh, on the video version of this here podcast, which you should check out sometimes. Next up. They don't have a release date yet for this Blue Beetle movie, by the way. Next up. As part of Fandom, uh, DC unveiled a Batwoman Season 3 trailer, which uh, showed us Ryan Wilder with an unusual partner in crime. Um, So we have... Uh, let's see here. Yeah, so Ryan Wilder is Javisha Leslie. That is the character who is taking up the Batwoman mantle. And uh, while going about her crime-fighting duties, she's going to be carting around the crazy, not-so-dead twin sister of the former Batwoman, Kate Kane, Wallace Day. Okay. Sure. Yeah, it was a... I saw that, um, that, that, that trailer was... I've not kept up with Batwoman. It was kind of weird. Interesting. Uh, Catwoman Hunted trailer basically looks like DC's version of Lupin the Third. So, yeah, this was also announced at uh, DC Fandom. The, let's see. Catwoman is the star of the latest DC movie. Her theory has gotten her in trouble again. DC premiered uh, the first footage of Catwoman, Hunt, Catwoman Hunted during Fandom, like I said, giving fans a look at the comic's uh, most famous cat burglar, along with the villains and heroes who are out to get her in this movie. One of which being apparently a Catwoman. I mean, a Batwoman, excuse me. Uh, the woman follows Catwoman as she steals a priceless jewel and lands in hot water with just about everyone. Meanwhile, one of her, her one ally in the movie, excuse me, is Batwoman. The trailer also shows off Black Mask, Solomon Grundy, Talia Al Ghul, Interpol, and more after Catwoman. Um, I don't see... Oh, okay. Hey. Stephanie Beatrice is playing a Batwoman. Voicing Batwoman, that's cool. Um, Elizabeth Gillis is uh, Selena Kyle, and a few other people we don't need necessarily. Keith David playing Tobias Well. Interesting. Uh, and uh, Jonathan Frakes is playing Boss Moxie. Don't know who that is. Regardless, um, oh, Steve Bloom is Solomon Grundy. That's always great. Uh, but don't know when this is going to be, so next. Probably next year. Next up. Oh, what are we up to now? Uh, Batgirl. Oh, Batgirl movie concept art? Yeah, which okay. take, yeah take the next two after that also. Because they're all related. All right, so DC unveiled the first piece of concept art for, from Batgirl, the upcoming movie adaptation that'll star Leslie Grace as the titular hero. The concept art features Batgirl in her classic costume looking down to Gotham. Wait, when you say classic costume, is it the Yvonne Craig classic costume? It doesn't is that picture is not. I, I I only say that because we referenced Yvonne yes. Craig before. Yes. So uh, looking down to Gotham City from the top of a gargoyle. Okay. Um, right. So this is an HBO Max film directed by Adil L. Arbery and Bilal Fala, 
And the next story has James uh, Scipio to co-star opposite Leslie Grace in Batgirl in this movie. Uh, I guess this is also came, this is also news coming out of Fandom. Uh, I believe so. Yes. All right. Uh, I, you know, and uh, James Scipio is going to be, you know, is a is an actor from Bad Boys for Life. Is that supposed to wait? Did you watch Bad Boys for Life? I did, but you also all right. One. So, spoiler alert: Is this the character that was Will's son? I think so. I believe that oh, okay. is the case. Yeah. Yeah, which is the lamest, the lamest, the lamest yeah. development in those movies. Yeah, and they, yeah, they actually tried to. Anyway, you know, with the, the, yeah. yeah, just lame, 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 yeah. lame. Sorry to spoil yeah. that for anybody that uh, was fortunate enough to not see Bad Boys for Life. Yeah, you, you can wrong. definitely watch the first two and buy and and forego the third one. Yeah, but it's not like they were trying uh, to set up with another one with that that whole thing. But anyway, oh, oh gosh. All right. Uh, next up, um, oh, I, I skipped one. Yeah. I apologize. J.K. Simmons is officially returning as James Gordon mm-hmm. in the HBO Max Batgirl movie, which apparently puts, which may put uh, this Batgirl movie into the Snyderverse, much to the delight of morons around the internet. Shots mm-hmm. fired. Come at me, dog. Yeah, because I believe there was already a, a, a petition or something to, to quote unquote restore the Snyderverse. Shut up, people. Um, it never went anywhere. It's in the background. Yeah, that, yeah, something like that. Um, uh, season four of Titans has been announced during DC Fandom. Probably going to be next year. Confirmed renewal for first fourth season. Uh, there was also a clip of season three's finale, which will air on the twenty first, which was actually today as of this recording. Um, so yeah, there you go. Next. All right. So at Fandome, they didn't uh, they didn't uh, give too much information about Harley Quinn season three Eat Bang Kill tour, but apparently it is coming eventually. But they did show in. A, a, a apparently lengthy sizzle reel. I don't remember it as being lengthy, but I guess uh, the the a writer of this article characterized it as such. Uh, so basically, spotlighting what's going to take place when the show makes its eventual return. So I am not up to date at all. I have not watched this animated show at all. It has come Same. recommended to me though. Yeah, I've heard decent things about it. So, but I haven't checked that out myself. And of course, there's a right. companion comic book. Um, 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 that is currently going on. So, yeah. Right. So, bottom line is, you know, uh, it's coming. They're working on it. Right. <laughs> but what everyone has to remember is that animation takes a long time. Yeah. Not as long as movies, but definitely lengthy. In cases, anyway, I put it that way. Depending on what it is. Yeah, I was uh, about to say. Yeah. Let's 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 uh, you know, I I think you should probably backtrack that just a little bit, depending on the style of animation, because sometimes well, animation can take forever. Well, that's what I said. But like I said, it depends on you know which way it goes. Like if it's more CG, CG, then yeah, it's going to take more more time than traditionally. Even well, or vice versa, that because hand hand stuff kind of takes a little bit longer. But regardless, mm-hmm. it's yeah, still, I was about to say. <laughs> like Roddy Cat's got to time himself and not getting out of this one. Yeah, no, but because, regardless, regardless, it, there yeah. is a length of time that it does still take. That's that's the bottom line of. But sometimes, depending on the movies, it's it's not as long as live action, depending on what's going on. Like Agent Seventy Seven. 
Uh, Cape Crusader is the show Batman animated series, the animated series creator always wanted to make. So yes, this is a new um, animated show by Bruce Tim and Matt Reeves apparently. Uh, and see, oh wait, here we go. Uh, the creators behind Batman the Cape Crusader revealed the first look at the upcoming uh, HBO Max animated series at AC Fandom, showing off its noir-inspired Gotham City. Uh, announced in May of 2021, which I definitely don't remember this, um, the series is the brainchild of J.J. Abrams, uh, Matt Reeves, James Tucker, and uh, uh, the original Batman create the animated series creator Bruce Timm, who said the series will be thrilling, cinematic, and evocative of Batman's noir roots. So basically, I guess, an, an upgraded Batman, the, the animated series, which I'm all in favor for. I don't remember seeing this at Fandom, but then again, there was some stuff I kind of tuned out of. Uh, oh, I definitely saw it. I, I, this this is one of those things that perked my, you know, that, that piqued my uh, interest. Mm-hmm. You know, got my ears perked up. That's what I want. That, that's what I initially wanted to say. Yeah. Because if once I heard Bruce Tim, all I hear, exactly. all I needed to hear was Bruce Tim. I was like, oh, there's authenticity attached to that. Right. Yeah. If I had, or if I had the end of the series. Right. If I had seen this, then or maybe like it could have been one of the times I was tuned out because I was probably killing zombies or something. That's a whatever um but it says here that tim we already know who bruce tim is if you if you're aware of uh batman animated series so don't need to really go on that but apparently he says here that my elevator pitch of this show is it's more batman the animated series than batman the animated series according to tim uh my idea was to say okay it's 1990 again i get to do what i want this time and have jj and matt backing me up uh, Which is crazy because I'm like, that's not what you wanted the first time around, right? He pretty much, if you see any like behind the scenes of that or the the behind, behind the scenes featurette of that show, which is out there on, uh, uh, I think on DC's um, um, uh, YouTube channel, you pretty much got to do what he wanted on that show. Yeah, I'm like, wait, that's not what he wanted. Like, I thought he had not. You never have full free reign, but he with had a, a lot property. Right. That's he what I good thought. Bit. So he that's, you know, bit. to me, I'm like, well, I guess he maybe wanted to make it more adult and noir. Right. That's the only thing that's missing. Right. I mean, the only thing different is like standards and practices at the time, which I guess is still a thing. But, you know, standards and practices at the time wouldn't let him do uh, some things. So. Exactly. Now that he gets to go to HBO Max, he has a lot more right. space in that regard. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, HBO Max in 2022, Batman the Cape Crusader. Uh, next up, though. Uh, next up, uh, wait a second. Who had? Who did what? No, this is mine. Young Justice. Okay. okay, Young Justice is back with season four. A trailer for Young Justice Phantoms premiered uh, at Fandom, announcing the show's return uh, coming up uh, this Saturday. Actually, there are two episodes out there right now because they they both they also got uh, released uh, during Fandom. So you can okay. watch the first two episodes of season four. Right at this moment, if you have H, uh, HBO Max, and I yeah, I guess I go watch that now because I messed up. I have to take a break. I had to take a break from Guts because apparently I was watching it out of sequence. Right. I didn't realize that the twenty, uh, the, there's like two versions. There's like the earlier version and then the follow up, which is like a basically a direct uh, continuation. Wait, and I was that? watching the direct continuation. Berserk. No, oh, Berserk. Yeah. When I said Guts, I said, guts, said guts because yeah, that's the, the main, main character. character, right? <laughs> right. So, so I, I wasn't. Meant, so, I wasn't yeah. wrong, but that's just how that's just how it, it, it is in my mind. Like I was watching guts. I mean, right. berserk. 
Right. So. Because, well, but also some people were like, wait, the old Nickelodeon show? Oh, no. That's funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, no. But bottom line is I had to take a break from that because uh, I need to kind of uh, 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 step away from that because I've already messed up a little bit of the continuity in my brain. Gotcha. So I'm going to come back to it. So maybe I'll jump into uh, Young Justice now that there are new episodes of it on HBO Max. So, yeah, so if you have HBO Max, you can jump into the new season uh, new season four of Young Justice right now. So I'm going to say, as a person who just who recently watched both of those two episodes, there is a time jump. I think we've already discussed that in, in past shows. Cause Which we, is not new in right. not new at all in exactly. Young Justice. Um, that being said, you might maybe want to skim through season three, even though I don't think it's going to help you in this case. I feel like because I felt like watching these two, these two episodes, like, wait, I must have missed something in season three. But it's been a while since season three, so that's not really saying much. And I feel like last season you could say the same thing about uh, season three, even though we know there was a uh, there was an obvious time jump at the end of season two, just like there was in, in the end of season three. But there, this is probably the thing to where I think just like this show likes to do is like they'll circle back around to some of it. Uh, that's all I'll say about it without giving anything to say. But yeah, definitely check it out, and I, I'll look forward to seeing what you what you're going to uh, think about those two that are out there. Uh, new episodes will be available every Thursday, beginning the 21st, which is actually so. I guess there's going to be another episode tonight or t- today. All right, so there's recording. three episodes out now. Uh, yes. Okay, so I'll have something like. to watch. Cool. I will confirm that in a minute. But next up, um, DMZ. From- I mean. I- Sure. I can't do it too. <laughs> well, no, I'm just going to look for my own benefit because I was like, oh, shoot, they'll give me something to watch later on. Um, so, Ava Duvernay and Robert Patino tease upcoming HBO Max Rosario Dawson series, uh, a DMZ, which apparently was uh, announced at DC Fandom. Uh, I, again, this is one another one of those things I must have missed. Um, but I did see the, the next one part. But anyway, uh, EP's uh, Ava Duvernay and Robert Patino provided a first look at their DC... Rosario Dawson and Benjamin Bratt apocalyptic series DMZ uh, at DC Fandom. The four-part limited series, which will debut on HBO Max, takes place in a future which, uh, where America is caught up in a civil war. Uh, it's a story about fractured people that are coming together. We have a civil war between the Free States of America and the United States of America. It takes place eight years into that DMC, where the rule of law is basically dictated by the most powerful person at any possible time, and that can change from block to block, uh, explains Patino. So, uh, and then the article kind of goes on to into a little bit more. I don't think I've ever read this, whatever this is. Uh, I'm sure this is definitely a DC property since it was there, but I feel like I remember the name of it, but I don't remember anything about it, if, or probably I've never read it. And it, this article doesn't necessarily go into that either. Oh, but this is a Vertigo book. Okay, that would also... It was a Vertigo book, yeah. So I mean, DMZ is definitely right. not, like, mainstream DC stuff, right. so... but still, you know. But yeah, I remember when it was on the stand, so... Right, I remember seeing... I feel like I remember seeing covers for it, but definitely have never read it, is what I'm saying. So, but yeah, so that's the thing. Well, next up... Uh, next up, what are we up to? Naomi. Naomi. Ava DuVernay's upcoming superhero series, Naomi, has received a first look clip straight from... Uh, no, we've gotten uh, that from DC's Fandom. The footage includes Casey uh, Walfall 
in the titular role as she rushes out of class to witness one of DC's great superheroes in action. I watched this. This was interesting. Yeah. The CW's television series follows the journey of a cool, confident, comic book-loving teenager as she pursues her hidden destiny. Um, as Naomi journeys to the heights of the multiverse in search of answers, what she discovers will challenge everything we believe about our heroes. Okay. Right. I never saw, I didn't, I never read this because partially because it was Bendis, Bendis who wrote the actual series. I mean, who wrote the, 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 the book that this is based off of. But mm-hmm. <laughs> that being said, I will probably go back because I've heard good things about it despite that fact. Uh, moving right I can moving. confirm that Young Justice has three episodes up right now nice. uh, for season, season four. Gotcha. So there you go. Check that out. Carry on. Sweet Tooth Season 2 promises to deliver on Season 1's hybrid uh, ending. I have never watched any bit of that show. Uh, oh, did we skip the Shazam? Did we skip the Shazam? Oh, we don't want to do that. Yeah, um, it's right after Naomi. Hang on. Let me... You know, I was, oh, yeah, we sure did. Hold on. So... I'll do both of these in, so we can go ahead and get it over the way. So, Shazam, Shazam, oh, that might be the one that I might have misplaced. I think that's what happened. Yep. That was the one that got moved. Um, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, first footage shows villains, monsters, and more from DC Fandom. So, yeah, I did see part of this, actually. Um, Zachary Levi came on and said, hey, you know, uh, basically... um, introduced the the behind-the-scenes footage from Shazam, uh, Fury of the Gods... Uh, we come to find out that uh, both Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu are playing the villains of um, this um, of this movie, uh, and they they talk about uh, talk about locations and other stuff, and uh, talk about the you know the they're basically doing things bigger and better, and so the fact that and I think from what I've seen from else place, they're the villains that they are playing are Wonder Woman villains. I don't know that for sure, but you know the Hespera and Calypso, uh, respect respectively. Uh, right. The troubling part about this is that uh, you know Shazam, the former Captain Marvel of the DC and the Fawcett universe, I don't think has the greatest set of has the greatest of rogues gallery. Right. Correct. And you know they they kind of have to tap into the fact that uh, Shazam draws upon a lot of the Greek mythology you know um to you know for for power you know and and for for the 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 hero's origin so ultimately there's a little bit of there's the ability to kind of um draw from what we've traditionally seen as the wonder woman uh rogues not that wonder woman has a great rogues gallery either right but also shazam's pretty much biggest uh biggest villain is black adam and he has his own movie right because Dwayne Johnson's ego, <laughs> or whatever. But um, and I suspect. Listen, like, I am editorializing. Yes. Um, but what? you know, it's 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 <laughs> it feels like you know Dwayne Johnson, and you know, and this is me taking shots, um, because I think they're deserved. Uh, it, it feels like he's got it's gotten worse mm. as as, as uh, Black Adam has finally started to come to fruition. Maybe. Well, yeah, and his burgeoning rap career. <laughs> oh, gosh. I still haven't listened to that. Please spare me. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I would have played me. If I was going to do that, that would have been last week when I told you. Um, <laughs> yeah, you did play a snippet, and I was like, what the heck is that? Oh, yeah, I did, didn't I? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Going on. 
But yes, moving right along. But yeah, maybe the two the two properties would meet because they're in the same family. They should meet up. So it's a, and it it kind of likes itself to the Spidey Venom thing, but it sounds like that might even be something different. But we'll get to whatever later. Uh, so yeah, on to what I was saying earlier. Sweet Two Season Two promises uh, to deliver on Season One's hybrid. Um, ending this is more stuff from dc fandom and i guess the kid that plays the the uh the half deer whatever the heck uh was at dc fandom answering questions and whatnot um i don't know in the sweet tooth so the you know it is what it is but you can definitely check out um check out the article and um yes if you are a fan of sweet tooth Maybe you've been watching this already. Next up, Pennyworth. Uh, the DC television series Pennyworth with that uh, the lead actor and his extreme widow's peak uh, officially has a new home at HBO Max. And it is confirmed that it is moving from Epics to HBO Max. And um, it's going to debut in 2022 but we do not have a specific date but the first two seasons will be added to hbo max in early 2022 and that is good because not many of us have epics on our cable package yeah or checking for the show for that reason so might as well put it where somebody's inclined to possibly see it right um robert pattinson Pattinson is vengeance in new trailer for the Batman. Um, so yeah, DC fandom, that was a new trailer. Um, what did you think? Did you watch it? I assume you did. I did. I did. And essentially I'm like, well, I guess we're getting a redux of Batman begins slash Batman returns. Yeah. Kind of. It's a little, it's a, it's a remix of that because we're getting a younger Batman. And it's not like Christian Bale was that old. Right. Right. They played him off as a young guy. Right. Sorry? It's basically Batman Year One. Well, yeah, they they, they they call it Year Two, if I'm not mistaken, right? It's basically Batman Year Two where he's gotten his feet wet, but he's still, you know, on right a, uh, a very inexperienced, right? Right. What, what, what I'm getting at is Batman Begins, the, Nolan, the first Nolan movie was essentially Batman Year One. Right. Right? So we're only getting a little bit of a uh, variation from that to um, uh, the second one. What the hell was the second one called? Was that Dark Knight? The was it Dark Knight? Batman. Uh, was that Batman? Dark? No, the one with Joker. The one with Heath Ledger and um, right. Dark Knight Rises. And, uh, no, Dark Knight Rises is the third one. Third one. It's Batman: The Dark Knight. I think it was called. Look at that. Our our brains are gone to have gone to mush. And that those movies kind of blend together either way, so it doesn't. Right, <laughs> but, but my point, but my point really is, is that this is blending in together with it. Right, is that it seems like it's just a redux of that with a with a different casting, with just a slightly different flavor. We're not getting anything really new. Correct. We're getting different actors, which is something that a lot of people will be happy about. And sure. you know, getting. Well, no, I mean, but getting um, what you call it, getting um, uh, uh, oh my gosh, what is the actress's name as Catwoman? Oh, Zoe Kravitz. 
Yeah, Zoe Kravitz, because I wanted to say Lisa Bonet's daughter. Yeah, yeah. people would have known either way. <laughs> you know, I would have been right. I just yes. couldn't remember her actual name, which is disrespectful to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are very happy about that. But are we getting anything really new and inspired? That's really what I'm saying when, yeah. when it comes to seeing this. I mean, yeah, I still question a couple of choices in in casting the Robert Pattinson definitely because and if people have rightly said you 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 think about Twilight in him even in this role yeah. because of how, yeah. he, how he, it seems to come off in that trailer. Uh, Andy Serkis is playing. Uh, um, um, uh, why do I want to call him Jarvis? Uh, Alfred. Alfred. Dang, why don't, mm. that's terrible. Which I know that could that be all right, um, but the thing people were really tripping out was um, uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, right? Because the physical transformation right. is drastic, right. absolutely drastic. I'm surprised that people weren't tripping over the Riddler, but I guess it's all about yeah. the gritty, realistic take on the Riddler. Right, we didn't really see too much of him. Like we saw show, show him from the back, and then like, we didn't really see I much of the Riddler on that. I'm getting it more from the action figure. Sure. Because because McFarlane did uh, show up on the do, do we have that in the news? You do have that, yes. Oh, okay, so we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but we right. do have a better, clearer picture of what these costumes look like because the toys were released. Right, and Jeffrey Wright, of course, is rounding out as uh, Commissioner Gordon. So we, but that was already the thing. And March fourth, twenty twenty two is when we're going to get this thing. So all right, still got a lot all right. Time to go. Next up. Wonder Woman 3, Patty Jen- Jenkins teases Linda Carter's return. I think Linda Carter uh, spilled the beans on this one. Yeah. Um, w- from what I remember hearing mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, Linda Carter and Patty Jenkins were talking about uh, Wonder Woman 2. And I think what essentially came out, and don't misquote me on this, um, was that Linda Carter strongly teased Wonder Woman 3 was in development. And basically, Patty Jenkins had to confirm feel like we did talk about that uh, um a while back yes because that because that was something from a while back i think possibly i don't remember but regardless yeah so here we go <laughs> right i mean it was on it was actually presented during dc fandom so right that confirmation you saying exactly exactly and come on you know linda carter has um let, let's let's put it this way fine wine Fine wine. Agreed. In terms of aging. Okay. Holy cow. Yeah, agreed. Right. So, yeah. No, I'm not... Hey, more Linda Carter. I'm not mad with it. That's, that's a lot of people's uh, first, first Wonder works. Woman. Me. It's the only Wonder Woman. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some somebody might go back to Kathleen Crosby, but who who's doing that? Um, regardless... Or maybe even the animated versions with Susan Eisberg, but who knows? Um, anyway, Green Lantern show, show, uh, showrunner teases massive scope of the HBO Max series. Uh, the showrunner of HBO Max's upcoming Green Lantern series can't reveal much about the spacefaring show, but he promised it will be quite the production. Um, Seth Graham uh, Smith uh, spoke to Collider about his new Disney Plus analogs. Oh, I'm about to say, wait, that's not right. Um, s- he was talking about his new Disney Plus analog series, Just Beyond, and then the conversation turned to the Green Lantern series. I was about to say, what the heck? <laughs> uh, but according here is uh, it's taken quite a bit of time to get this out to a point, and it's just been a big, big undertaking. It's going really well. 
um, all I can say is that it's going to be it's going really well, and there are going to be Green Lanterns in it, and it's going to be on HBO Max. Which spoilers? <laughs> it's a Green Lantern series, okay. Uh, I guess we don't really know that much else about it, or even yeah, no really state. Next up. Next up, Disney Plus unveiled, and we talked about this at the end of the show last week. Disney Plus unveiled plans to launch Marvel Studios' Hawkeye series with two episodes on its upon its twenty November twenty fourth debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also issued another trailer spotlighting uh, Archer Kate Bishop, and uh, after the debut, subsequent episodes will be out each Wednesday. Yeah. So we can't wait. You know, think of it as a post Thanksgiving gift. That we will be uh, unwrapping every week. Yes, indeed. Indeed, this is true. And I don't know why I have this here, but apparently, um, or in this particular order, but I was rushing. Uh, Power Rangers Dino Fury Halloween special preview uh, reveals the return of Lord Zed, fan favorite. So, yeah, there's apparently in the transition over to Power, uh, tr- uh, Power Rangers over to Netflix, which is now on. I guess uh, we have this Halloween episode ahead of that. Um, which is weird because if you know anything about Power Rangers history, when Zordon died, all of the evil folks um, that were evil at the time, including Lord Zed, were not evil anymore. So how Lord Zed is back, we don't know. And I think... Um, Maybe this is going to answer that, or maybe not. Probably not. But regardless, hey, there's going to be a Halloween episode of uh, the, the the current iteration of Power Rangers. No surprise there. Next. Next up, Tom Holland says he's looking at Spider-Man no, no Way Home as the end of a franchise. So when he spoke to Entertainment Weekly, he said if his run of solo Spider-Man films were to continue, they would look a lot different than the three he starred in so far. The way I, I the way I took this is that they're going to move if if Tom Holland continues, they'll move him out of high school. Period. Right. That's how I took this. I think a lot of people probably took this as, you know, the sky is falling and that Tom Holland's leaving the role. But that's not necessarily how I took it. Maybe I'm being naive. Right. Or like we, that's like how we just... I took this particular trilogy. You know, this Spidey character, you know, the Spidey character specifically because we're almost meant to watch him grow up in front of our eyes. They've given him three movies to be in high school, which is great Right. when it comes to what we've seen before. But considering he's, even though he's in his twenties, he still looks young enough to be in high school. <laughs> Actually. Right. But he's not so, yeah, but he's not so old that he can't be, he can't pass as a senior in high school, which is where he would be. Right. You or know, be a, or a so at ESU. Exactly. Yeah. Well, they'll transition. Well, you know, that's, that's where they took, uh, Toby. Right. If I recall, I believe that's true. Uh, right? But yes, but the only other thing could be like I think we discussed it could be them transitioning from him to possibly Miles. If possibly, I know that'll make a lot of people happy and make me cry like a little baby. I'm, but I don't know. I, I'm of two ways about that. Like I would love to still see Holland with Miles, mm-hmm. not necessarily get rid of him or kill him off. Right, because that's how they played it in the in in the Marvel comic book universe, right. but. You know, being you know, being a movie universe, we don't know, especially given actors and contracts and all that stuff. You know, depending on their attitude to the role, you right. know, whether or not they want to come back to make cameos and whatnot. So, hmm. 
And I believe Holland has pretty much said, like, yeah, he'll do it as long as they want him to. Right. So, we'll, you know, we'll see. But at the end of the day, I have a feeling that's where they're going. Like, right. that's what they mean by tonally. They're going to adult it up a little bit. Right. Which would make sense. That's the way I see it. Yeah. Because you can't keep my high school that, though, as long as the comics did. <laughs> right. Uh, next up, though, uh, Marvel's Eternals includes the oddest superpower Jack Kirby gave them. Um, so, yeah, Eternals will not only introduce a cadre of new heroes and powers. Wait, did you skip the Disney delay? Did I? Gosh, dang it. I might have. Oh, that one was also out of order. So hold on a second. Uh, yes, I did skip it. Cause I, I'm like, I, should I, again, click, should I click refresh on my sheet to, so that we have the no, same sheet? No, we're on the same sheet. I just, I just have the tabs out of order for some reason. Oh, uh, um, Disney does delay Doctor Strange number two, uh, Thor four, Black Panther sequel, Indiana Jones five, and more. Um, couple of, it's not as bad as what you think in certain cases, but um, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness moved from March twenty fifth to May sixth of next year. Thor: Love and Thunder from May sixth to July eighth, and Black Panther: Wakanda Forever from July eighth to November eleventh. That's probably the biggest change. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, with Black Panther sequel moving to November, it pushes the Marvels, which is the Captain Marvel sequel, to 2023. Okay, that's probably another big one. And as a part of the rollback, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was bumped from February 17th, 2023 to July 28th, 2023. Right, uh, and then of course there's a well, not of course, but there's that next Indiana Jones movie which no one asked for that will be on June, which 30th. keeps getting Harrison Ford hurt, but yes. um, uh, which is going to be on June third, twenty twenty three, instead of the day, well, instead of July twenty ninth of this year, of of excuse me, of twenty twenty two. Right, I laughed when I saw some of the chatter online that Marvel got scared off by the Batman trailer. Uh, dropping in uh, having the Batman movie drop in March of 2022 and basically pushing the entire Marvel slate back. I'm like, wait, that's not going to push the Indiana Jones movie back to. They don't give a <laughs> freak about that. They at this point they have no reason to give a care about Batman <laughs> or or pretty much anything. I laughed when I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh. Those are those are pretty much DC. Um, um, Cappers, whatever you want to call them. That's that's oh stupid. Oh gosh, that is but, so funny. Yeah. All right, next up, next um, up, Eternals will not only. This is a mild spoiler, but yeah. if you know the characters from the comics, this is not that big a spoiler. And Eternals will not the, introduce in a new cot. What? And it's been hinted in the trailers. Right, Kinda. Eternals will not only introduce a new cadre. Wow, a new cadre. I've not used that word in a long time. <laughs> a new cadre of heroes and powers to the MCU, but it will also bring one of Jack Kirby's weirder creations to the big screen. So, a set uh, a set visit attended by the direct, which is apparently the source of this article. Eternals producer Nate Moore confirmed that arguably the group's most unique and unusual power will debut in the MCU. What makes them different? is that they have something that they can pull their energy and create something called the Unimind. Just and that like is, Unimind. That? Oh, yeah, right, just like Unimind. That's funny. Uh, but, you know, that's that's one of the signature Eternals traits. Yes. So if you're even vaguely familiar with the Eternals, that shouldn't be a big surprise. Right. 
Um, oh, little backing up a second to DC fandom. There was a little bit of news on Injustice, that Injustice animated movie, but that is out as of the time of this uh, particular uh, recording. So it's on HBO Max, right? Uh, n- uh, n- no. Oh no, it's on Blu-ray, right? It is on Blu-ray. Yes, it is. Gotcha, on, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Um, but yeah, and that was pretty much the thing that they said at DC, uh, that at Fandom. So I haven't had a chance to check it out yet, and but I heard there's some changes to it that some people are not crazy about. Just like that, uh, that's why I was harkening back to that Batman thing you were talking about with um, Killing Choke. So, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, because they got to come up with something cool and different and make it more original. Sure. I, you know, I say that with tongue, <laughs> tongue in cheek. Yes. Firmly, firmly planted in cheek. Yes. With the sarcasm dripping like <laughs> like the maple syrup off of your waffles. Indeed, and now I'm hungry. Uh, waffle. Uh, hit me, um, hit... <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, it's, so, fine. it's fine. Uh, uh, oh no, you're up next. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, um, Hit Monkey trailer drops uh, recently uh, for, for Hulu's Hit Monkey, and it introduces uh, Lady Bullseye. Uh, so apparently there was yes there was a one minute forty forty well I guess at one minute forty five seconds according to this article, uh, Lady Bullseye can be seen riding a motorcycle down a busy highway before throwing a quartet of flat metal objects and causing an explosion. Um, so yeah, um, hit we knew Hit Monkey is going to get a show for some stupid reason. It's going to be on um, Hulu. It is because it's because it's more of an adult. Yeah, but still. same as the Modoc thing, you know, they they didn't. That wasn't exactly Disney Plus friendly. True, but of all the, but as we talked about before, not not that we even belabor this, but there were four Hulu things that were scheduled to be the case. They killed two of them, and this survived. Mm-hmm. As opposed, that's to the because they can that. do. That's because they can do Deadpool type things with it. That's yeah, the thing. Lots of shooting and killing and maiming and yeah. funny animation. You know, I still haven't watched Modoc. It's it's okay. It's fun, right. you know. It's not you know. It's it, it it's meant to like not give you belly laughter, but just kind of groan laughter. Sure. Um, All if, right. If up? you don't uh, know um, the history on Hit Monkey, neither do we, because I don't think. <laughs> yeah, we don't know much at all about Hit Monkey. We'll be honest. Right, but uh, uh, November seventeenth is when that uh, debuts ah, this year. Okay. Next. Next up, the live-action Cowboy Bebop series gets a super cool Lost Session teaser trailer. Netflix dropped the teaser trailer for the upcoming live-action series adaptation of Cowboy Bebop, and it is apparently very cool. I have not watched it because I'm staying away. I'm staying away. I don't want to be spoiled by what it looks like beyond what I've already seen. I I can safely say that watching this won't give you that much more of an idea because the the way they did it was, was... Definitely not like the the anime. Okay. Um. So you could probably you could watch this and not really worry about that. And if they go through this style with the rest of the show, with the actual show, I'm not sure what to think about that because I watched that. I was like, okay, this is neat, but wow, that's weird. Weird, differently. I say, not weird isn't bad. So, but yeah, check it out. Let me know what you think. Um, sad news. Christopher Ayers, Dragon Ayers, excuse me, Dragon Ball's Frieza dies at fifty-six. Uh, so voice actor Christopher Ayers, who, uh, as I said, was known as Frieza, uh, and Dragon. This Ball. is in the dub version, I presume. Yes, that is correct. Okay. Cool. Uh, 
Um, he passed away on October 18th. He was 56 years old. Uh, this was announced by his girlfriend, Crystal Laporte, uh, who confirmed his passing in a post on Twitter and shared a, a message uh, as well as uh, a, a, a few photos. Uh, and it goes on to here to, to, to recount the, um, what, what she said, which was, uh, uh, this must have been on, I don't know if that was on Twitter. Yeah, well, it was on Twitter. I did see that. Um, but basically kind of, she, you know, she, she loves him. She loved him, missed him, and kind of talked about that. So you can read it all for yourself. Um, I don't, doesn't say here what he died of, I don't believe. I think it was a, I think it was a long illness. Here we go. Here we go. I don't um, think it was sudden. He battled health issues over the years, having undergone a double lung transplant uh, after being diagnosed with end-stage chronic uh, obstructive pulmonary disease back in 2017. So, take from that what you will. Right. So, you know, my understanding is that his girlfriend was also a voice actor. Correct. And, um, you know, you know, it's sad. You know, it's sad to hear this news. Yeah. It, you know. You know, may he rest in peace may his family and friends, uh, you know, be comforted. But for someone like me who is a subtitle guy, mm-hmm. I have never heard this actor's voice do Frieza. So wait, I'm not familiar so, with it. Wait, so you didn't watch, um, you watched the whole, I know you remember, I know you said you watched it and stuff, but I didn't know you watched the whole thing and. The whole thing. The only thing I've watched in dub to really catch up because I was in a crunch for time was Attack on Titan. Gotcha. I know, yeah. So, I was in a crunch for time, so I watched a lot of. I think I watched the first like two or three seasons in the dub, right. and then I had to watch the sub for the current season that just ended because they hadn't dubbed it yet. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very much a sub over dub guy. I mean, and that's fair, and I am too. But I definitely watched Dragon Ball originally in dub. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and yeah, the the voice of Frieza is a. Uh, one that is quite striking. Familiar to you. Right, yes, right. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. It's familiar to you. It's unfamiliar to me uh, in, in its entirety. Yep. All right. But last least. but not least. Last but not least in cinematic news, folks. We have gone through a lot of this. Indeed. Uncharted, starring Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, has finally released a trailer after years of production trouble. We're finally getting this movie going to the big screen. Except we're getting Mark Wahlberg in some role, unfortunately. Um, Sully. This is going to hit. This is, I don't care. It's Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> he can, you know, he can go jump in a lake. Yes, there are. Uh, there are I will say there have been some questionable. People think that the casting is questionable. I think even towards um, Tom Hollings as, as, as uh, Nathan Drake. But definitely Wahlberg as Sully. Because I was one of those people on, on that part anyway. Right, the movie is going to hit theaters on February eighteenth, twenty twenty-two, and that first film trailer released uh, last uh, no, uh, just the other day, right? right? Yes, right, very recently, very recently. So yes. apparently, what it does show is uh, some stuff that is basically straight out of the video game, pretty much. Like yeah, there's action sequences. If you, right. are, I, I'm not familiar with the game, right. but I, but the notes that I read, the articles that I read, very briefly noted that some of the things that they showed were directly taken. Uh, some of the sequences were directly out of the video game. I can safely assume I save that because yes, there is. I, I am, I am familiar with the series. I have played at least one of them. I think I, well, 
I played one for certain all the way through, and I've played uh, smatterings of others. Others, and yes, there are some sequences that are definitely straight out of um, the, the 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 video game. So, which is cool. Like I said, I don't know that 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 um, that trailer looked pretty good. You know, Warburg aside, and there, there's some other people from the series that are in here, which one of them kind of curious about because I'm like that doesn't seem like the who I'm thinking it is, but we'll see. Anyway, that is it for the cinematic news. We're going to move swiftly over to the comic book news uh, and start off with something that we've already talked about, kind of. Thor enlists his most dangerous frenemy in the search for Mjolnir. Uh, Agent 70 already talked about this week's Thor 18, which which, uh, Mm -hmm. we're talking about uh, Throg. So we don't need to move. We don't need to talk anymore about that. Next. Next, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Eternals reveals the true cost of Mr. Sinister's celestial attack. So this is from last week's Celestia book? Yes. I have not read this yet. So Neither have I, I. I need to get to it. I need to, get, I need to circle back to it. Yeah. But regardless, yeah, it sounds like Sinister was involved, and you know, apparently there's, there's a little bit more to it than that. We were, <laughs> um, uh, so we're going to just brush past that. Next up... Um, also, in spoilers for a book that's already been out, uh, X-Men's Excalibur are in the center of Marvel's latest Secret War. So, we didn't talk about this particular part when we talked about Excalibur uh, number 24, which was, I think, last week or week before last, I don't remember, regardless. Uh, there is a kind of a bit of a little war going on in, in, um, in Overworld, in Otherworld, uh, and Excalibur is kind of in the middle of it. Um, we'll leave it at that. And it and it might span out to the M- the the Marvel Universe at large, according to this article. Next up, next up, Marvel's Devil's Reign crossover event. This is going to be kind of a. It's not a line wide crossover, but it's definitely one of the bigger crossovers because there's plenty of uh, crossover action uh, because it is obviously in New York City. And it involves the Kingpin basically um, making his move, basically an Empire Strikes Back type of thing against the heroes, uh, you know, that are based in and around New York City. So uh, as part of it, this event's getting a little bit bigger with Daredevil, The Woman Without Fear, a new three issue limited series from Daredevil writer Chip Zdarsky and artist Raphael De La Torre, which reveals Elektra's darkest secret to Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin. So, you know, anyone reading Daredevil knows that Elektra is right now operating as Daredevil protecting Hell's Kitchen, and uh, Devil's Reign puts Kingpin's army of supervillains on the trail of all of New York's vigilantes, Elektra included. It's weird. It sounds like some sort of future state. (laughs) Ah... Next up, uh, She-Hulk returns to her classic superhero lawyer inca- incarnation in new solo title. And apparently we, um, we well, at the end of uh, Fantasy IV uh, uh, this week, we kind of get teased about also that, as well as that last Do episode. We? Well, because there was an image for the next uh, issue. Oh, right, right, right. I mean, we might be getting spoiled as to how World War She-Hulk ends. Possibly. We don't know yet. Yeah, we don't. You know, know. we might be. We might be, but given or given the current state... What's that? So they might skip that and just let Avengers handle that. No, I mean, but in terms of how that ends up resolving itself. Right. You know, like that the, the current state that she helped finds herself in. Yeah. That's what I mean. Not sure. the story itself, right. but just the, you know, how she is 
maybe not vastly different, but significantly different from her iteration that is the that is on the cover of this particular solo. Uh, that's uh, solicited solicited as the cover for the solo title. Sure. Yeah, well, I, mean, I guess we'll see. But regardless, and then we kind of talked about this before, but just kind of more confirmation on it. Um, but Shiog's getting, getting a book. Uh, Rainbow Rowell and artist uh, Roger Antonio are the creative team behind it. Um, and yeah, she's she's uh, says here that Shiog's uh, returned to her classic status quo as um, uh, as the Basically, the, the the classic version we pretty much know and love, and much to the chagrin of, well, much to the the happiness of people, I'm sure who didn't like uh, the what the recent um, <laughs> She-Hulk um, look was. But uh, yeah, there's that. Move right along. Next up, the identity of the masked raider. Remember him will finally be revealed in the fifth and final issue of Defenders. CBR has an exclusive look at the cover of Defenders number five, written by Al Ewing and illustrated by Javier Rodriguez. Uh, Al Ewing says the Defenders has been a really fun ride to go on, and we find out that number five is a very special issue because we finally get to resolve a plot point that's been bubbling since Marvel number one thousand. Namely, who is the masked raider? The answer may surprise you, true believers, and it definitely surprised the creative team. Hmm. Wait, I don't know how that happens, but sure. Um, why does the cover look like it's Namor? But then I mean, it could be the angle. Um, sure. I was going to say something, but never mind. Uh, new Miss Marvel comic delayed another week. Uh, Miss Marvel has, I mean, excuse me, Marvel's once again pushed back the debut of the planned comic book limited series Miss Marvel Beyond the Limits. Uh, which was time to thematically tie in with the upcoming Disney Plus Mar- Miss Marvel show, uh, which has also been delayed, as we said. Uh, originally announced to debut September 15th, uh, the five-issue uh, comic by Samira Ahmed and Andres Genolette was p- pushed back 11 weeks to December 1st, uh, soon after the announcement. And now, uh, this week, Marvel has informed retailers that it's been po- postponed another week, so it's coming out December 8th. And now penciled in uh, as the release date of Miss Marvel Beyond the Limit number one. So, there you go. Next. Wow. What? So, following extensive optimization, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy PC (laughs) game will no longer require the previously (laughs) specified 150. 50 gigabytes of storage space on a PC. According or announced on the game's official Twitter account, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy will require 70 gigabytes less yes. than initially expected, which still puts it at 80 gigs of storage space for a video game. A video game on your PC. Well, I understand that hard drives are gigantic nowadays. Also, I do, but, but that's a lot of freaking space. No, 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 that is a lot of freaking space because games are also bigger. So, to put it in perspective, um, one of the biggest games out right now, rightfully so, Microsoft Flight Simulator, which is like 123 gigs. Call of Duty's come in at like a, over 100 gigs, and that's ridiculous. That part right there is ridiculous. Wow. Um, Call of Duty games, uh, Destiny, but they've half that up, and there's a couple of other games that are just huge for no damn reason outside of you know graphics and whatnot because that's usually what 
ends up being a game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, originally this was it, uh, it was stated that the Guardians of the Galaxy was supposed to be 150, and now they've they have that rightfully so because that's, that's ridiculous. crazy. Like yeah, no matter. I, I am not a yeah. I am not a gamer. I am. I am. I am of the of all of our co-hosts. Right. I am the least acquainted with gaming on PC or on console. Right. And I I can't even fathom you know how how you know like you know, I understand hard drive space is not necessarily a dime a dozen now, but we're getting there. You know, everyone's right. got you know multiple terabytes of space on their computers now, especially standalone gaming PCs. Correct. We're not talking about like laptops that are meant to be carried everywhere. Even those already have terabyte or two of uh, of solid state drives. But bottom line is that's a lot of space. But consoles are pretty much fixed. Like um, like both the the current Xboxes and the Xbox and PS fives have X amount of space and probably more, just about a, a terabyte. Let's just say. Probably a little right. less in certain cases. Actually, less initially, uh, unless you have an external drive. So having a game like this be 150 gigs is taking up a lot of space mm-hmm. <laughs> on a console. Um, and they even have like you know, like I said, external uh, uh, drives and replacement drives or whatever to get through. But that's a lot of space for consoles, even for gaming PCs. But yeah, that's ridiculous. So it's good that they came out and said, no, 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 <laughs> it's not going to be that big. Uh, regardless, uh, I'm going to take these next two because they're, they're they're about the, the same thing. Uh, Doctor Who is yes, yes, please, thank you. <laughs> I when when Roddy Cat mentioned that, my eyes flashed down to the next, you know, to to the uh, the story after this one. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you can take that. Yes. So, uh, Doctor Who: The Edge of Reality, which is a video game that just came out uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, as of this recording. Um, Spoilers, by the way, this is a VR-inspired video game from in the uh, Doctor Who franchise. It's going to ha- introduce the franchise's biggest villain yet, which I'm going to assume is going to be canon. I don't know. But apparently, according to the developer, uh, Maze Dairy, um, there's going to be a new Cyberman. So if you know your Doctor Who lore, you know who they are. There's going to be a big, big bad called the Cyber Reaper, uh, and on top of that, the game will also introduce the biggest ever cosmic villain, a creature known as the First. Um, and also on that note, uh, the same video game makes a fan favorite David Tennant episode a crucial prequel. Um, and that's this is, I guess, kind of a bit of a spoiler in that respect, because it says the the game. Well, this places the game in the current continuity of the Doctor Who franchise um, with the 13th Doctor, Jodie Whittaker. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. But uh, The Edge of Reality is also billed as a game that will feature the return of David Tennant's fan-favorite 10th Doctor. So, And as promised, the game indeed brings back uh, David Tennant as the Doctor. He joins in the race to stop the reality virus from destroying all of creation. And it takes place after season two of New Who, um, The Girl in the Fireplace. So if you know much about that episode and that series, which I know a lot of people love that version of uh, The Doctor. Uh, wait, so this is the fourth episode of the same issue. Uh, 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 fourth. Uh, regardless, regardless, 
hey, guess what? Doctor Who, folks. Let's go. Next. Uh, DC Fandom brought another trailer for Rocksteady's Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. There's still no gameplay video, but the story trailer filled out the world, it's cast, and it is apparently good fun. And you can watch the video on the website uh, attached. I mean, I watched it. I was like, okay. (laughs) You know? Right. So this is one of two games that are coming out, and I'll talk about the next one in a second. Uh, Actually, well, in a third, because not after the next one. Because there's one that takes place in the same world as the Batman Arkham games which is that's this one and there's there's one which is what we're talking about in a couple of episodes uh, articles that is not in the world of the arkham games because this one's being this uh suicide squad is being done by um rocksteady who did the arkham games and is it is of that world for perspective for some people but yeah and it did look fun but next up though uh dc league of super pets movie tie-in announced at dc fandom we had already talked about the um I think the, the the movie that was um, announced at DC Fandom, and now there's going to be a tie-in um, video game featuring Crypto and Ace. Uh, not sure who's playing the whatever's, but it doesn't matter. It's just going to be on all platforms, and it's going to be a movie tie-in. Of the likes we haven't seen, with the exception of the, that Demon Slayer one that just came out in a, in a good minute. Next up. Shortly after showing off Rocksteady's upcoming Suicide Squad game that I just mentioned, DC Fandom offered a fresh look at next year's open-world action RPG Gotham Knights, where you can play as Batgirl, Nightwing, Red Hood, and Robin Solo, or cooperatively with friends. Similar to Suicide Squad, the footage did not provide many details about gameplay, but the story trailer did a good job of conveying the atmosphere you'd expect from a game which focuses on the secretive macabre Court of Owls. Yes, I'm looking forward to this one and the Suicide Squad game. Needs to say, and I saw this one. I was like, "Huh, Corridor, Yeah. So we knew the Corridor of Owls was was involved with this, but that, yeah, it is. It's a thing. Um, the Dark Knight Returns, uh, Batman DC Multiverse figure build a wave pre-orders are alive. So this is we what we alluded to earlier. Um, McFarlane Toys has delivered new DC Multiverse figures based on fake. Wait, is this is it actually? Maybe it's not. Uh, the wave includes Batman, Superman, Robin, and the Joker uh, being a builder wave. Each figure comes with a piece to assemble an additional figure, in this case, Batman's horse. What? Yeah, it's the horse from Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you've seen the, you've seen the image. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um... McFarlane yeah, toys. the sculpt on the Superman head, the face, is a little wonky. Yeah, it looks like Bizarro. It's a little wonky. Yeah. Uh, and when I looked at that, I was like, ooh. Yeah, you can see... They the... have done many, many, many versions of the Dark Knight Returns in action figure form. Right. I looked at these, I was like, okay, that's okay. But I don't necessarily need to run out to get these. Yeah. Um, so apparently maybe I don't have that other thing that we were alluded to. So maybe if you can find that real quick, uh, while I, while we're going to this next one, you mentioned something about the, uh, the figures for the Batman. Oh, being revealed. Right. All right. We'll do. Don't think I'm on the case. Yeah. But meanwhile, I'll go, I'll go and do this next one. Uh, the justice league versus the Legion of superheroes lodges in January 22nd, 2022. 2022, excuse me. Um, 
which I think we've kind of already talked about it, but now we have an exact date. Uh, the six-issue limited series launches January 11th, 2022, and as expected, it's written by current Justice League monthly uh, series writer uh, and most recent Legion of Superheroes writer Michael Brian Michael Bendis. Um, and it will be illustrated by Scott Galuski. God Luski. Uh, limited series seems to be something of a prelude to whatever dark side has been cooking as revealed on the last page of infinite frontier number six, the event, the events finale. Okay. Next up. You got that or. Yeah, I got it. Do you want me to put it at the end of the spillover or. Uh, you can talk about it now. Oh, do you want just the, you, you want the link so you can put it up? Yeah. So that you could see it. <laughs> you got to see it. Yes. <laughs> Give me a sec. I'm sending that over now. Live podcasting, everybody. Indeed, and I know that's uh, the the thing's going to be a little bit wonky for a second, so my apologies for that. But don't worry about it; we're going to be all right. Um, there we go. All right, let's go. Yeah, just like Tretch said, everything's going to be all right. <laughs> exactly. Shout out uh, to Naughty by Nature. That is a that's deep in the crates, folks. That is a callback of of some some reckoning. Uh, so yeah, the Batman action figure line action figures come from come to McFarlane Toys DC Multiverse line. All right, Gammy, calm down. <laughs> what? 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 No, no, some some chatter in the in the in the Twitch chat. And is it about be, is it about the depth of our hip hop knowledge or lack of? That might be lack that, of- but no, I made a joke in the chat that she was like, um, <laughs> she, that we're calling back to Naughty by Nature, cir- Naughty by Nature, circa nineteen ninety one or two. Possibly, but like I said, yeah, that was a yeah. Me, me, and my "quote unquote" dad joke that I said earlier was was the start of that. But yes, that's probably that. Oh gosh! Um, but anyway, uh, McFarlane Toys has revealed its first wave of action figures from DC's upcoming film, The Batman, uh, fresh off of the release of the new trailer, which we talked about earlier. Uh, the toys are scheduled to come out in. Not January twenty twenty two. Yes, no, no. I was reading the chat. Uh, the toys are scheduled to come out January twenty twenty two, before the Batman, and they will figure for nineteen ninety nine, and the vehicle will retail for thirty bucks, basically. And you can see a picture, or yes, you can see a picture of um, the figures, which includes the Riddler, like Agent Seventy was alluding to earlier, Catwoman, and of course, the Batman. Oh wait, we did gonna get a shot of this Riddler uh, in that trailer. I mean, it was kind of a brief shot, but yeah, because remember, from right? Which is trailer, why, right, right? Exactly. I mean, it's you know that's why I was not surprised that you said that you didn't recall seeing a good shot of him. Right. But I've I've seen since Fandom, especially uh, especially during this action figure uh, sequence that uh, this presentation that McFarlane had. I remember looking very closely at. Um, what the Riddler was going to be costumed as, and I was like, "Well, I guess that's supposed to be quote unquote realistic." Sure. Yeah, it looks like the raincoat killer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as you see me just scrolling through the pictures, there's the Batman, there's Catwoman, and there's of course the Riddler. Um, right, and then there's Bat Cycle at the end. Yes, right there. No, no word on that charger, whatever the hell that vehicle. Uh, that that Batman, I guess, was was driving. Right, you've seen they they we've seen actually. I think we've had stories on the Lego version and maybe even the the diecast, the Hot Wheel style, Hot Wheels Matchbox size. Um, in previous stories, I 
I don't think I've seen a six inch version yet because that, that would be pretty expensive. Oops. You know, a six inch scale. Right. Indeed, indeed. And yes, RIP to Real Hip Hop. <laughs> um, as been said in the chat. Uh, DC's Catwoman has a new creative team. Uh, that being. I was about to say, wait, 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 real hip hop is not dead. It is just being carried on by the old heads, the OH, as people like to say. Yeah. Shout out to Kane and KRS at the Versus this past week. Yes, I, yes, that is indeed true, but also it is not prevalent in. In, in the forefront where like it should be but yes I agree with that uh, but yes Marvel's uh, Tenny Howard and Nico Leon are the new creative team of DC's Catwoman which by the way if we haven't said it by now and I'm pretty sure we didn't uh, January solicits are out as of uh, this recording uh, thanks for, for Agent 70 for letting me know that uh, before the show and you can see the solicitations if you care to read them in the show notes so, yeah, picking up after Ram V and Fernando Blanco's current Catwoman, uh, which began in late 2020, Howard and Leon's Catwoman will bring Selena Kyle back to her roots in Gotham City after several years spent in uh, the nearby borough of Alleytown. She left in part uh, after leaving Batman, Bat, yeah, Batman at the proverbial altar in the highly promoted Batman 50 wedding issue. Wait, what? Okay, never mind. I'm not. I'm never because we got we had so much going on in between that. So now mm-hmm. relocated to Gotham City, Catwoman will dive head first uh, into the Gotham underworld and seek, uh, sneak into one of the most secure underground clubs in the city to steal what DC calls blackmail material. What uh, expert cat burglary skills will she use? A disguise? Who knows? But yeah. There is that. Uh, Catwoman 39 will be Howard's first major DC. Please stop with that video. Um, work following short stories in 2016 Shade the Changing Girl and December's uh, Batman Urban Legends number t- uh, 10. So, and you can see the recover right there. Next! Did we skip the, offic- the Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes story? No. No, no. We did it. Oh, uh, we did, I it? did it? Yeah, I did it. I completely glossed over it. That's, That's funny. Yeah, yeah. We kind of talked uh, about that before anyway, but still. All right. So Nightwing returns to a fan favorite costume in 2022. Dick Grayson's returning to this costume in January 2022's Nightwing number 88. Nightwing artist Bruno Redondo unveiled the main and variant covers for Nightwing number 88, featuring the return of Dick Grayson's signature blue stripes running from his shoulders down to his fingertips. The 1 in 25 variant cover also offers a more detailed look at Redondo's notes pertaining to certain aspects of the suit. Okay. And you can see that in the, um, on the video version. At first I thought this was Disco Night Queen, but it's not. So it is definitely... No! Yeah, I know, I know. No! Disco Night Wing is with the flared collar, man. Yeah. And the plunging neckline. <laughs> that was the George Perez uh, design from New Teen Titans. I right. remember that. Right, but having a look at this, like this is definitely the last known looked, you know, or the last known one that uh, he had. Uh, Batman and Superman team up for World's Finest by Mark Wade and Dan Mora. Uh, so yeah, that's going to happen in which began as a backup of January 25th Detective Comics uh, 1050. Apparently, uh, the publisher says Wade and Mora's backup story is just the beginning for the creative duo and the two superheroes. Uh, this 
this is Wade's second known major DC story in the wings, joining the T's Black Label Superman series with Brian Hitch. Um, and it goes into Wade coming back to the DC after such a time. Uh, let's see. The the Wade Morris story will be a backup to the main storyline by series artist uh, Mariko Tamaki and Ivan Reyes, who is taking over the book with Detective Comics 1047, as the title goes weekly. Uh, yeah, and I believe there's a story about that, because I think there's good, yeah, but we'll get to that in a second. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Batman Superman is going to be a backup story and, and Detective, I guess. Next. All right, the more grown-up DC Super Sons reunite in Superman and Robin special number one. John Kent and Damian Wayne, formerly known as the Super Sons and now known as Superman and Robin, are holding a reunion in January 2022's Superman and Robin special number one. It's interesting because I thought that this was uh, uh, an opportunity for the Super Sons, an opportunity for these characters to have like a long run, but I guess they wanted to cut it short because they had other plans for the characters. Especially for Jonathan Kent. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Also, at well, I mean, Robin, uh, Damien is going by Robin in his own book, even though he denounced the role previously before that. So that's still also kind of a weird thing, but that's also a nitpick. So yeah, that's the thing. That's going to happen. They'll be reading that it. So, and I guess they can't use World Famous because that's being used already. Ha ha. Um, orders for Superman's coming out issue are quote unquote unprecedented according to DC. Uh, looks like there's an update to this story in that uh, November 16th, uh, Superman, excuse, yeah, Superman Son of Kal-El number five, which features the series uh, Superman John Kent officially coming out as bisexual, is getting unprecedented orders according to DC, which I couldn't have sworn didn't that come out this week or some wait, what came out this week? Issue four. Okay, I thought this was the issue where that happened. Never mind. And you didn't see that, folks. Uh, let's see. So basically, yeah, they got a lot of numbers. They're not given any numbers as to how much is being ordered, but apparently, according to them, it's a lot. So, yeah. Next up. So the collector in me is like, well, I guess we're going to see stacks of these at some point in the dollar bins? Not necessarily. Not, um, I mean, not unless it sells as well as they think it's going to. I mean, you know, we we can still get the death of Superman, you know, for pretty cheap nowadays. I mean, yeah, but that's the sad, you know. You know, I'm just, uh, that's the collector in me, like, yeah, I'm not, I mean, you know, this isn't, you know, you if are, they're overprinting it, it's not going to be a big deal to try to get, so. Right, I mean, while you are right about that, the, the whole death of Superman thing, in a way, because, yeah, the people were not really too thrilled about that. <laughs> um, just saying. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, oh. I feel like this is a different. There's a different crowd after this, so and that could still hold true. But we know there are those people who are ignorant, who are going to boycott this, or probably buy some and burn it. <laughs> Thereby creating a collector demand. Right. Um. <laughs> but anyway, we we next up. Uh, Deathstroke Incorporated is apparently not ending with issue number seven after all. A DC quote typo is to blame, according to the writer. 
of the book, up uh, DC has officially corrected its January 2022 solicitations, uh, which state uh, by stating that the publisher erroneously lists Deathstroke number f- uh, Deathstroke Inc. just there, Deathstroke Inc. number five as being part four of seven, after previously announcing the series as ongoing. The series remains ongoing and. Uh, It'll be updated in materials to correct that. Uh, DC apologizes for any confusion that this may have caused. The publisher states Friday afternoon. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, as before, as previously stated, uh, Batman's Detective Comics uh, is going to be weekly beginning of this uh, winter, but with a lot less Batman. Uh, Duzurama has confirmed that DC's Detective Comics did what I said it was going to be, and there's going to be a 12-part event titled Shadows of the Bat, which will begin January 4th, 2022 in uh, Detective Comics 1047, dealing with Batman's decision to leave Gotham City, City, as we already know that's going to happen, and the Bat family uh, characters who step up to fill the void again. Uh, Next up. DC's Monkey Prince, new 12-issue comic book series to debut on Lunar New Year 2022. Inspired by the 16th century Chinese novel Journey to the West, DC's newest shape-shifting superhero, the Monkey Prince, a.k.a. Marcus Sun, is returning to headline his own series. This news broke during DC Fandom when a cover by artist Bernard Chang with colorist Sebastian Chen and a variant cover by artist Stanley Archer and Lau debuted. The first issue of Monkey Prince will also have a special team variant cover by artist Zhao Dao. I said, where did this character come from? I mean, outside of original. It's inspired by, right, it's I know, inspired but, by the, the but character. It's return, basically inspired so by the same character that inspired Goku. Right, right, right. But, but I'm saying, but it says here, Marcus Sun is returning to headline his own series. So meaning this character show. He was in, you know, he, he debuted in um, the oh, Asian Heritage yeah. issue. Yeah, okay, yeah, it says so. I didn't read down here. Yes. So it came out of the- Yeah, I pulled that off the dome. You just had to scroll a little further. <laughs> nice. Uh, DC announces the Milestone Initiative plus Blood Syndicate Season 2 titles and more. So yeah, this came out... This is coming out of uh, DC Fandom uh, during that milestone segment, which uh, which is actually kind of cool. Um, in addition to that stuff we talked about earlier, they basically talked about the season two of the current uh, milestone returns books, uh, including the return of the Blood Syndicate in twenty twenty two. There's going to be a milestone compendium one, which is a thirteen hundred page collection, and there's um, the, there's the aforementioned movie. Uh, but there is also uh, a new initiative called the Milestone Initiative, which is the program for young creators um, to develop the next wave of comic book stories. That it was also announced during during that, uh, and I believe it is in collaboration with Ally to uh, elevate the next generation of diverse creators in the comic book industry. Um, so yeah, that that whole thing is is uh, is cool and great, and it's great to hear. Next up. Uh, the upcoming 2022 DC Comics crossover event, Trial of the Amazons, it was just announced on October 16th, but the groundwork is already showing up in October 19th, Nubia and the Amazons number one, which came out this week. Which we kind of alluded to earlier. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a Wonder Woman event. It's called Trial of the Amazons. It's going to be coming in, like I said earlier, 
next last, or not, not even last, but not least, but um, one more after this. Uh, Fire of Your Force manga begins its final arc. So, um, uh, the latest issue of Codan Shah's Weekly Shonen Magazine confirms that the special Fire Force Company 8 has already begun their final fight, final battle with the release of the latest chapter in um, Asushi's uh, Okubo's popular firefighting manga. Um, Okubo previously teased that the series would end sometime around the 30th, its 30th volume, and the manga recently published its 31st collected volume on October 15th in Japan. It is currently unknown how long the final arc will last and when the last chapter of the manga will be published. I am still waiting for season three of the anime. Thank you very much. Please get that soon. Thank you. Next up. Last but not least, uh, Buffy's Vampire with a Soul returns an exclusive reveal of Boom Studios' new Angel comic series. So, Siffy Wire exclusively revealed the launch of Boom Studios' Latest Buffyverse comic Angel, a new eight-issue series from Eisner-nominated writer Christopher Cantwell uh, and artist Daniel Bayless, colorist Patricio Del Peche, and letterer Becca Carey. Like previous Angel adventures, the story sees the vampire-turned-detective stalking through the bright lights of Los Angeles, but in an intriguing alternate reality twist. This time, he's leading a double life as a real-life supernatural detective and a guy who plays one on TV. <laughs> so, not unlike... Um, I want to say uh, Bones... But not necessarily, that's not the case. More like Castle, but Castle was uh, Nathan Fillion, so never mind. Regardless, yeah, sure. There, there you go. Uh, and that's it, folks, uh, for the news. And we come to the end of the show. We got one last ad read. Oh, and that yawning shows that we definitely need to read the quickest ad we've got in our, uh, in our, uh, in our, you know, stored up. <laughs> Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right, folks, that's the end of the show. I know this one was a little bit long, but hey, sometimes we've had longer for less stuff, so go figure. At least this one was more naturally because special, uh, more naturally long because of the DC fo- uh, fandom stuff. So appreciate you sticking with us for this long. Um, that being said, uh, we'll be back next week. My name is Rodicat, and you can find me at Rodicat on uh, Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, oh, I'm, and I apologize, everyone. I am behind. I fell behind with because of a little bit of artist block on Inktober, but yeah. I'll try to catch up this weekend. Indeed, indeed. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good grand. until I think the 19th, the 18th, I think the 18th or the 19th. And then yeah. I ran into artist block on like something that I really just could have drawn, literally drawn a circle, but I didn't want to do that. Yeah. Why cheat? Why cheat yourself? Cheat yourself. Um, but yeah, I still out, may yeah. end up doing it, but you never know. You know, we'll, you know, we'll see. Right. 
I'm, I'm looking at something here real quick. Um, okay. Uh, PC Nuns Go Dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Net on Twitter. Pop Culture Network.com and his umbrella site's there in. Um, I don't know if he's still doing Biden. I'm kind of tired of Yeah, I was about to say, let's, yeah, let's, not, let's stop mentioning Byte because Byte doesn't exist anymore. It has a oh, different really? name. Oh, that's right. Remember we talked about that last we week, so we did. can stop mentioning that one. Sure. And we don't even know if he's on it, so it doesn't matter. Uh, right. But also... And actually, yeah, some good news, but um, we'll get to that in a second. Tim, D-O-D-G. Nine, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, there we oh. go. Tim, D-G, uh, Tim, D-O-D-G, 9-8 on Twitter. Um, CB Cron on Twitter. Uh, D-Click Nation on Twitter. Um, but in, in, uh, in a recent move that we just found out about, he is no, well, he is about to be no longer with uh, Comic Book Resources, but he has just become the, well, a staff writer at comicbook.com. Right. Um, so definitely start to check him out uh, when that happens, I, I'm assuming, in the coming... It's already happened. He, there, I've seen articles posted under his name over at comicbook.com. Oh, okay. I have not. So, Or maybe I haven't been paying attention. But, so, yeah. So check him out at comicbook.com. Uh, now and we're gonna have to get that changed in the uh, the show notes, but that, that's right. Where he's over there writing his face off. That's Indeed. what I was waiting for. Yes. Uh, and with that, folks, uh, we will be next week. I don't think there's anything pressing next week. Uh, no, but we are Halloween. getting closer to opening night for Eternal, so we will probably be announcing next week that we'll be going into uh, movie protocols the week after. That is true, and it will be the weekend of uh, the week of Halloween. So while we will still have an uh, article, I'm sure there will be some things, whatever. Yeah, maybe we'll do something spooky or something. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, we'll put on masks or something. We'll see. Yeah, we'll. Yeah, we'll... or maybe we'll just have bags of candy that we're going to be eating while we're doing the show. That is more. And then we're never going to go to sleep after. <laughs> Well, I was that was going to be in the plan for me anyway, but that's just me. So, um, with that, folks, we'll, we'll we'll see how that turns out uh, next week. But until then, this has been the Cumber Chronicles. Peace, peace. One. I love it when a plan comes together. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe? 